This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Ayashimon, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone, My Hero Academia, and One Piece Week to Week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number nine. I am your host, Eagle. Knox. Meloyanis. And as always, before we get started, we would ask that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the show, such as our Patreon or our online store. Also, while you're down there, slap a like on the video um, to help us climb up in the algorithms. You know what I'm saying? We need all the help we can get. Also, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already for more fire weekly content. And with all those words said, boys, what a fire week in Jump. No hero this week, but... Yeah, this shit is crazy. Jump did not, jump did not uh, you know, let us down. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen and, and Dr. Stone are like so heavy this week. Dr. Stone. <laughs> Stoney. Yeah, Stoney. Well, I think we can go ahead and just jump right into it, man. Chapter 10 of Ayashimon. He did not. He did not. This was a slap chapter, man. We got, uh, we got a little bit more um, characterization and like, you know, background on Urara. And, you know, her bond with Hashihime. And just how Hashihime just went through her whole... Urara's entire childhood just reinforcing that... That fact that, like, your father did not leave you. He did not abandon you. He he put you in this situation because he cares so much about you. And he knows the ways other people can take advantage of you to get to him. You know, um, because of his position in the underworld and shit. So, it's out of love. Absolute love and 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 um, care and preciousness that he that he is doing this to you. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready to find out that like they had like never even like met or something. Or it Not seems like, it seems like they existed. They they existed in some kind of form before they had physical bodies. It seems like their spirits, mm -hmm. you know, existed on yeah. another plane of existence before coming into our like third dimensional space. But like, how does that? Well, work? you wonder. <laughs> yeah, like, you wonder if it's like, um, if it has to do with like the yokai respawning system or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, if mm -hmm. they're just kind of out in the ether over that, like, it's like ten thousand years before they can come back. It's a hundred. A hundred. Thought it was a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. A hundred yeah. years. So, I do they that. remember their past life? You know, has she been? Um, you know, is this her second, third, fourth, fifth life? You know, sure. was she Urara before? Was she the same person? Was she a different mm -hmm. one? We don't really know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how like. Do they maintain that same consciousness? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how any of that shit works. I don't know how like you know reproduction works for these for these creatures. You know what I mean? Especially if they kind of exist before having physical bodies, and she was Keo's daughter before having a physical body. How does that work? Like, you know. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's tricky because like, like even I have a very like shaky understanding of like reincarnation inside like religions and like the dharmic wheel and like passing through like, you know, various spiritual lenses to like come back and be refined. You know, we talk about how, you know, we are mostly born anew and that death is kind of like a wiping of the slate in like reincarnation and that there is leftover remnants of like past lives people have deja vu people have dreams of past lives you know stuff like that so that's that's very much a thing um but also at the same time they're not human they are still yokai are they four-dimensional beings that you know exist beyond the mortal realm and they obviously do but like i like this idea of incarnations and like what i what it what it makes me want to ask is like how does that Ayashimon, yokai uh reproductive process and system work like yeah because it looks to me like there's no blood there's no actual birthing like she's a toddler when when it it looks like she spawns here as like a, a, a small change five or six year old you know whatever four or five six year old um and so it makes you like it looks like they did some kind of ritual she's got money around her it makes you wonder if they actually do a human-like reproductive thing or if they maybe take a little bit of each of their DNAs and put it with a little bit of money and hmm. it maybe maybe they maybe they need a human sacrifice a vessel so to speak oh yeah. sure and okay. then it grabs a certain um dormant yokai out of the ether you know they're yeah. still like waiting 100 years you know maybe their 100 years is up and there's certain ones that can go out and spawn right away. Maybe certain ones that need a vessel with a certain capacity and a DNA with a certain or compatibility. You know, <clears> older, <throat> oh, more powerful ones like hers, the um, Kitsune or whatever. What did you say it was last week, Melo? Uh, she's a uh, Nekomata. Nekomata. So the maybe like there's cat. more powerful spirits like that that lay dormant a little longer because they need a more powerful vessel with more potent DNA, like Kios. And uh, they do some kind of ritual, and it grabs one of those and brings it in. I don't know. It makes you ask, like, we could speculate for a long time, I feel like, just on how how exactly this fucking works, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I honestly kind of consider the idea of, like, dolls being, like, being, like, a thing. Like, having, like, a clay doll that represents like the body and the, the body and the, the okay possesses that and they use um money as kind of like a literal value sacrifice to impart that value and maybe they have to do something like i'm imagining something similar to like astrologically like understanding like the right time for certain spirits to that have like they're going to be closer to the world, right? Where the th world is like the parts of the universe where they're thin and they can like spirits can cross through. Like that mm -hmm. happens all the time in supernatural stories. Mm -hmm. um, but I just don't know. I, I love this scene because it gives me a lot of information, but makes me ask like five more questions in addition to that.
Um, yeah. It's it's wild and like this had is, me bugging. This is a very sad, lonely child. Like she's like, yeah, other people treated me like an outsider all my life. Hashihime was really the only person that was like super warm to me, and they were very consistent. And they're like, hey, you were not abandoned. You're fine. You're a good kid. It's just that the world is a cruel place, and your father would rather have you be alive and safe than to meet you. Yeah, yeah. And that as is unfortunate a cruel as that is, kindness. It's a cruel reality. It's I can't wait kindness. till we have like context as to like why this was the decision making for Chairman Keo, and like yeah. just get more information about the world at large inside of Ayashimon to where we can connect the dots and go, okay, this makes a lot more sense now that we have this. Yeah, this background I can't wait context. to get the nuances. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's mm -hmm. fairly easy to assume like. Obviously, he's he's the daughter of a really powerful person in the underworld, and it's a it's a commonly known you know I guess saying that like attachments in that industry in that field of work will are weaknesses. You know, they create weaknesses and they create problems, and there are ways to get to you. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got a wife yeah. and kids, yeah, that's the easy nap them up real quick. Now you're yeah. <laughs> you're flustered. <laughs> Come and they got you. you know and saying? the it's world, over. the world, can, seven. Yeah, the world can. The world can be pretty ruthless like that but like at the same time it's like it feels like it kind of operates under something that feels akin to a monarchy you yeah know what i mean so like there's if, more nuances to it yeah like if, if that's the case then it's like wouldn't you want your you know your seed kind of like coming up next to you for like inheritance purposes or like air stuff you know what i mean like why like if it, if she was a boy, if she was like a son, would it be like handled differently? Like is any kid yeah. of Chairman Kyo um, going to be hidden away like this, or is it just Urara? If it's just Urara, is that because she's female? I, maybe you know, like, I maybe know. he was like planning on kind of bringing her into the to the fold later on down the line when she had developed a little more, because we do get a little bit of this um, subtle. Oh, time changing? No, 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 no. On page bop 11 right here, we get another little subtle flashback. Uh, the power held in this blade is enormous. Were you to meet, were you to release it as you are now, you could contain it for a little more than a minute, and it would leave you so tired you could do nothing for three full days. You must think very, very carefully about when and how to use it. So that kind of implies there was a little bit of training going on as far as, like, the powers. You know, she was kind of teaching Urara. You are a yokai. You have these powers. You draw this blade. You're about to turn into a big ass, badass cat. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know about like maybe once she was more powerful and could handle that form and like do her thing later on down the line, maybe he would have brought her into the fold when she could handle herself and he didn't have to worry so much about it. Yeah, that's all stuff we're just gonna have to speculate on until we do get that clarification later on down the line. You know, the, the big <laughs> questions that I have are like, it, did Chairman Keo kind of exile? Urara just because she was his daughter and because that's just how fucked up the world is or is there a specific conflict that Chairman Keo foresaw brewing and knew that like other members of the Yakuza were on fuck shit at the time that Urara kind of came to be so he's like okay the, the Yakuza life is moving way differently than it used to under normal um, circumstances I would bring my mm -hmm. daughter up beside me 
and you know give her this blade like maybe that the power in that blade was just like chairman Keo's last kind of like thing for Urara because he knew his time was coming up he knew that she he had her stashed away and he knew that once he was assassinated yep. she would want you know to come like kind of like reclaim the situation so he put all of her potential in this blade for whenever the stars aligned and the situation called for her to kind of reclaim that situation I want to say you almost hit the nail right on the head there. That sounds, like, really good to me because, like, she wasn't that old when he died. So, like, he might have saw things moving in a different way in the underground, yeah, and, like, known he was probably going to get assassinated yeah. before she was old enough to, to uh, yeah. you know, to defend the throne or whatever or to take over and be mm -hmm. a formidable um, head in that underground um, world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could have, it could have been his foresight in that aspect. He's like, okay, I'm gonna just tuck her away, because I know I'm about to get assassinated in like six, seven, eight years or whatever. Right. And uh, I'm gonna just let her develop with Hashihime, and and this will get you know it'll be bad in um, what's what's the name of the city? Um, Kabukicho. Kabukicho Kabuki for a Cho. while, but she gonna come back in and get it right. Yeah. You know, child figureheads in most like monarchies and other things is pretty common like you hear stories all the time oh yeah the king died and he left behind a young prince that was only three years or five years old and the viceroy or his uncle or uh the vizier of whatever station was the ones that had the real power behind the syndicate and just used them as figureheads so like he's like yeah no if i keep you with me i would be happier but betrayal is brewing i can hold it off for as long as i can but i can't hold it off forever right. mm -hmm. and if you're near me those people will definitely use that proximity to earn your trust have another avenue of killing me and then just using you as a puppet and that's no life for any child right mm -hmm. um yeah straight up man when dopo fucking came down like like almighty, <laughs> like all might against nomu and shit came down yeah. like bow yeah. put the mask on he did the yeah. iron man landing dude yes yeah, do we even see like i don't think we form? see yeah i don't think we see like because i think he got interrupted and he the, got interrupted in, yeah, by Hashi. he never but... Yeah, which yeah. is good, I think, for the series that we don't, because it keeps that suspense there, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. what does it look like? Yes. God damn it! I love when authors can, like, save really cool shit, <laughs> kind of, like, give you, bread, give you breadcrumbs, like, leading, you know, up to it, because it's like, I think about, like, writing comic books all the time, and it's like, I don't know if I would have the, you know, the patience to, you Shout know, slowly, control. slowly burn into, yeah. you know, a big payoff, you know what I mean? Just give them all the tight shit right away. The reserves, I mean? yeah. yeah. Just, like, how do you Shout reserve... All that out. stuff and still feed that out and be able to like spool it out, keep a good grip on it without getting overexcited about like the cool story you stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shouts out know, control. Shout out control, man. Yeah, restraint. <laughs> uh, you got to send me some more Raws, bro. Hey, man. We'll talk so, about that. We'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> all right, man. I kind of want to talk a little bit about <laughs> Hashihime. Yeah. a little bit um so i was doing some research on like the actual hashihime yokai yeah, um, yeah. she's nicknamed the lady of the bridge she her high the habitat oh. is like uh like really old bridges in times of war locals would pray to hashihimes there's multiple hashihimes apparently so like there's hashihimes of different bridges and so like 
if there was wars, you know, people would go to those bridges and leave offerings and pray for them to like be protector spirits. And um, there's a story that involves uh, Abe no Seme, the Amyo sorcerer, that oh. uh, there was a woman who found out that her husband was cheating on her. And so she swore revenge. She contacted a, a demon, a yokai at like two in the morning, the hour of the ox. Um, <clears throat> and was like told to do this, do all these things. And she was told to like, like put up her hair in like five horns and like wear, wear red, paint yourself red and like gain immense power. And, like destroy her uh, ex-husband basically and Abe no Seme what basically was reached out for help by this guy and he's like I'm gonna be destroyed like and so what he did was he took two paper shikigamis and then uh like made them look like the pair and so the the newly like born Hashihime yokai she had become a yokai in her pursuit of revenge um like in her jealousy destroyed those things and then found out realized that like oh no the sorcerer's here i can't get to them in time and like disappears and runs off into the woods hmm. um and that makes me wonder because like it's 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 interesting because dopo shows a lot of jealousy and then mm -hmm. um hashihime traditionally is like a, a jealous spirit that like doesn't even like other people like mentioning different bridges like oh, praising wow. other bridges <laughs> it's my bridge or no bridge no more fucking bridges existing it's the only no. bridge um but i kind of like that because yeah. um of her like position initially as like a guard between like a guard, the outside yeah. world and the kabuki cho being a bridge uh she is literally a bridge between urara and chairman kyo nice. she's like yeah. doing all these things and then also i wonder if um because eventually she's gonna die i assume so because dope she already got smoked by dopo once she was held hostage like i don't think she's going to hold very well against dopo with reinforcements uh, this coming. feels like death at she the died. end of the chapter no yeah she died at the end of the chapter you see the coins fall i don't know if, yeah. i don't know if that's like i feel like it's um kind of ambiguous on purpose it's definitely easy to it's you like know, to assume that it's definitely implied but it definitely doesn't have to be a death but i think we're supposed mm -hmm. to think that it's death right so yeah, it's like bleeding i don't off. know that yeah. would make me ask, have we ever seen a situation where, like, the coins come out of, the, like, their when open you don't wounds die. or anything like mm -hmm. that? Um, hard to say, because Moreno tends to one-shot them. Right. Yeah, I personally don't remember, but yeah. I don't know. I think, I thought, I thought, I took it as, like, yeah, she died. So did I. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty And, and, the, I'm and the lore sure. you just put forward, yeah. to me, solidifies it, because, yeah. like, Man, the lore the lore you've been putting forward in these past episodes, like about these these yokai and the history of them, and how it ties so well into the fucking characters and the role they play within these fucking plot lines, dude. Yeah. Like Yuji Kaku, man. Yeah, he's been going wow. crazy with this shit, dude. Yeah, this shit is so well written. It's like one thing and that it, I knew like, that I all was this like... lore ties in so well. It's like mm -hmm. it's so awesome for me to read, and I love listening to you. You know explain the lore and how it ties in because i am a big fan of like you know that eastern lore i love it's that it's just so much fun um yeah. but that makes me also wonder because there are multiple hashihimes will urarara like because she's got one carved horn right one dagger's yep. already like powdered up to this max 
are there more carved horns? Is there five carved horns? Is she going to become a new Hashihime and like have her revenge on Dopo? That kind of thing. Who that could be interesting. Oh and wow! Then, and then with the Amyo Bureau later on, is this foreshadowing that the Amyo Bureau might like try to pull a fast one on her? later on when she's at the height of her power so you know you never know you never know i i think that might be an interesting take but this is a brand new series it's really hard to predict where things are gonna go i'm just i'm really looking forward to it yeah same it was a really like the art in the chapter was like really good for me i like when um you got like multiple pages that are just like dedicated to a single panel with like no dialogue no text like no sound effects that always makes chapters feel a lot more cinematic to me whenever you just like page turn into just like straight art you know what that I mean? that that mm-hmm. page 12 page turn was yeah. fire like bro. page page six two <laughs> yeah page six two is like fire to me too like yeah. it just felt like a movie just like the, the the composition and just like the flow of action and the illustration and then like page turning into just like you know the fucking action angle jumping away from the building with the explosion behind you type shit just like felt yes. felt super epic to me made the chapter feel like so much more epic and then of course the page turned into into 12 with hashi he made you know transforming into her yokai form behind dopo yeah. as he applies the mask like that's such a cold shot bro yeah that shit's that dope is- this like yeah. iron yokai mask was like destroyed yeah. right where like her hair covers all of it mm-hmm. so like that mirrored her own like hair and her humanoid face mm-hmm. and then like i like that because she is like a bridge spirit her form almost looks like like controlled water wrapping around water her. or mud kind of sludge or or maybe yeah, even like, like that's um... what goes over mortar you know yeah if you think about building materials like mortar like even concrete you know it can be kind of like a liquidy sludgy slimy Mm -hmm. form like that you know yeah absolutely i feel like it's like water and mud and that bridge troll earth troll you know what i'm saying yeah Yeah, it all it all it all fits it all you know and that's that's (laughs) one of my favorite things like when we were doing our like first impressions like one shot review of chapter one i think i remember talking about how like i'm so excited to see how Yuji Kaku uses, you know, history and, and mythology and like folklore and ties it into his narrative and his characters because he's just so good with that inside of Jigo Karaku. It was like one of the things that I was like most excited to see him do yes. in Ayashiman. And it's it's happening right now in front of us and it feels really good, especially with Melo's, you know, research and and, yes. and and knowledge of of folklore and shit like that. Just makes makes the makes the reviews just pop that much more for me. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that, like, the one thing that keeps me from looking all the, like, the lore up myself and, like, looking the names up and shit is, like, I love listening to him just explain it. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, dude, that's so fucking nice, dude. Yeah. I always say I want to, and then I, like, never do. And then I, like, get to the review, and then Mello does it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that's good for the conversation to I think it's good for the conversation to have us both be like, oh shit, oh. dude, that ties so well in, and then it kind of spurs us spurs the discussion on a little bit more. Sure. Um, but yeah. you see, fucking uh, Hashihime's mask too, like on, on kind of like break. It's always it never really forms fully because she's you know kind of yeah. injured here, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, her mask is dope. Up. I love like her the big is... hulking like monster forms with like relatively like smaller masks in the middle. I feel like we see that like a lot in fiction. Yeah. 
I don't have any examples yeah. off the top of my head, but like I am fam familiar with this aesthetic somehow, and I just like love it every time I see it. I like it. It's like you know, like the super suit, but she's just like I just see her like a little face just stick it out, just like hello, because it's like um, hmm. like when her face is sticking out, it reminds me of this one painting, um, of Lady Ophelia from Macbeth, hmm. where she's like this girl like laying backwards, uh, like face sticking out of the river. Where she's drowned in that movie. Mm. I mean, that movie, the play. The play, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, not Macbeth. Is it Macbeth? It's either that or Hamlet. I always get those two confused, to be honest. Yeah, um, never, not the biggest Shakespeare fan, so I can't really help you yeah. there, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This, for me, this chapter was really big because it redeemed a lot of, like, Urara's earlier callousness. And that she was just like, you know what? I was mad that he died before me. Like, she's like, because her whole thing was like, I didn't, I don't, I, am I abandoned? No. Am I abandoned? No. And then, like, when a parent dies, it does feel like you are abandoned by them. You feel left behind. Like, right. I'm speaking from personal experience. And it's like, I know intellectually that is not true. It is not something that they want. But, like, you can't help but feel the way you feel yeah especially if you're young right like that um, knowing that yeah. Urara was kind of like exiled in the first place to like give that first feeling of abandonment by her father and then to never meet him and then to get word of his death like double doubling down on the abandonment aspect inside like of Urara yeah mm -hmm. it, it just it just gives her pathos you know what I mean that she that 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 makes us just stick more to her character it gives her more depth you know what I mean? Which is so important in the earlier chapters to to execute it this this well in your in your duder or just any of your main pro, you know main team characters this early. I, I I really feel a connection to Urara at this point. Kakuyuji has spent a lot of time on her character instead of Maruo, which is good in my opinion. I feel like I prefer this right now for a story like Ayashimon, like I've been saying in other reviews. Like I mean, uh... Maruo is like really easy to like. You know what I mean? He's got the meathead shonen mc formula you could let him cook in and that in that lane for a while while you build up urara just masterfully the way that yuji kaku is kind of doing it right now it's like just mysterious enough while still giving you like just enough little bits of information to let you attach yourself to her i could see big payoffs in the character arcs of like both maruo and urara yeah. just based off of the current pacing that we've had these first 10 chapters i think you Having can argue try that... to get better people I think you can argue that, like, they're, like, tandem MCs. Like, I don't know, are you, yeah. you know, yeah, Maru's dream is to be the Shonen MC, and, like, she's the impetus to that, in a way, for his story. But, like, other than that, the story is entirely centric around yeah. her. You right. Know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Until we get a little bit of more uh, lore, maybe, um, around Maruo, Maybe his parents were were kind of uh, from a bloodline that was in the past, you know, involved in some of this uh, powerful human blood, you know, um, yeah. power system type shit. Yeah, it maybe both of his parents are like completely different characters, and like this dude who abused him his whole life just isn't even biologically related to Maruo at all. 
and there's yeah, like or maybe his, maybe his mother, yeah, because we, we yeah. yeah we did see his dad, and he was supposedly kind of a piece of shit. So well, that's what I was saying maybe is that, that like maybe either. maybe that's not his dad is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, maybe that either. dude was just like his guardian for whatever reason that we'll get in the storytelling, and both mm-hmm. of this dude's parents are like cold blooded underworld. Yeah, people. either that or you know maybe his mom was a cold blooded underworld person because she she wasn't around. Yeah, maybe she uh, either left or died early on, and it could be. Uh, nice, not juxtaposition, but kind of um, contrast. Re- contrast to the to to the typical Shonen MC situation we see, where the dad usually leaves and is the one that spurs the MC, you know, mm-hmm. on as far as their power growth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Could be a nice contrast to that situation where if it was Mauro's mom this time that was the one, yeah, like that was the uh, the Gin the, the, the Gin G- freaks, the yeah Gin yeah. freaks, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that, no, that could be I, cool. That'd yeah. be dope. I definitely feel that like. Maruo's mom is a Marabito. Was removed from the picture for whatever reason. He's raised by a regular degular human. Regular um, degular. And I like that contrast already, <laughs> where, like, because, like, I feel like Rara and Maruo are, like, deuteragonists, for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is strong enough writing, and, like, it's, it's 2022, and, like, I trust Uji to, like, not just sideline a character right. just because he's already got the focus on like manga stuff so like he's already like here are the tropes that i've always felt felt flat this is something that i can do to reverse this thing it's almost like um i feel like this could easily just be a little love letter to the industry so to speak so to speak in the in <coughs> sure um what blows my mind most about this series is the fact that it is so well put together and like okay so how um Knox you'll know this I think maybe mm-hmm. maybe not off the top of your head but how long ago did um Hell's Paradise Jigo Karaku end? It's like less than a year I want to say. Before... And this is already in serialization. Yeah, he, he got right to way, it. He was dead is serious. this well put together? Yeah. How the fuck like within that timeline like he must have already been like kind of working on it in the background but. Man, that just feels like such a great testament to his skill as an author. Yeah. The fact that this is this is so well put together, it ties so well into like that Eastern lore as far as like the yokai and the characters they they represent and play. Yeah, it's just like man, Yujikaku, man. That's it always a good it's always a question that I have too. Like you know, it, whenever I'm reading a new series, it's like how long you know has the creator been like waiting to put this story out? You know what I mean? Is this just like the next project for him after Jigo Karaku and he whipped all of this together, did all the research and got it ready to go? Took no breaks after Jigo Karaku and just established this story after the fact, or is this something that he's been thinking about for you know even before yes. Jigo Karaku? Don't they need um... ended or even before it started? Who knows? Yeah. You know, you've watched a, a lot more of the Monben stuff, you know, or whatever, just, you know, yeah. content on that, on that industry. Mm-hmm. So do they, don't, don't they have to have a certain amount of like outline, kind of like storyline, storyboard ready or whatever before they, you know, approve the serialization? Like, don't they kind of have to come with uh, like a script, so to speak? Uh, a proof of concept. Yeah, proof of concept. I don't really know exactly how the entire like inception to green light, you know, process works on the eastern side of things. As mm-hmm. like that, like I can answer questions like that all day when it comes to like western stuff. But like in the east, it's a lot more um, hidden from 
Western eyes, I want to say, as far as that information goes, it's not as readily available. There's there's not a whole bunch of content, at least that I can find, that kind of um, gives you, like, hard data in regard details to... That. Yeah, hard details yeah. to answer those questions. But, like, yeah, it's probably, like, very similar still just to, like, any kind of publication line that's inside of this medium where it's like, yo, I have an idea for a thing. Big, yeah, bo- big, it, big you know, boss, you know what I'm saying? Together. Yeah, you know, like, you go to, like, the board meeting and you, like, just you know, give them your pitch, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's multiple people pitching. I don't know if this is just a personal reach out to like the editor in chief and go like, yo, I got something cooking. I want you to look at it. I don't know exactly how it goes, but you definitely do have to have some kind of, you know, substance when yeah. you, when you pitch the idea to whoever makes the decision to let it yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one of those ideas that was probably in the back of his head for a very long time and has just been like, you know, I've had a couple draft versions of this and uh i hell's paradise works really well maybe i can really you know put my baby in the spotlight yeah um, it does feel like, really well prepared and thorough and like thought out and like this has been it, it like just just the way that it's composed and the way that it all feels really good right away you know like there is a very clear plan here that, that it almost feels like he was like from. yeah at the end of jigo karaku he's like man nick yeah, this is tight, but like y'all don't y'all ain't ready for this. Other Wait till you see that, my next shits. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I have an idea that's close to your heart and you're like, I always want to bring that back, but maybe this isn't the right time. Like I yeah. there's like um it's even like something as simple as like uh one of my buddies uh plays D D a lot and he's like, Yeah, no, I've got a couple ideas that I really wanna do. I just need to find the right players to like really make that story shine. But otherwise, mm-hmm. until then, I'm going to put this story because I feel like these people will vibe with this and connect with this idea better. Yeah. And it'll be a better game experience for all of us. So I feel like this Ayashimon is like that kind of idea where it's like, yeah, I've been sitting on this idea for a while. Yeah, it's like Jigo um, Karaku was his Yu Yu Hakusho and like now Ayashimon is the Hunter Hunter. That's like super yeah. wishful thinking, obviously, whenever there's like a second manga coming out by like a really well-received you know, mangaka who had like a really successful previous work, you always go like, oh, like, I feel like we we make that joke on this review, like a lot. It happened a lot more when Kiko <laughs> was still around, but but we've definitely like said that kind of shit before. I yeah. mean, they've got the experience and they're just going to get better. So like, yeah. I assume that like stories like that are going to get better. Um, yeah. It's like how Horikoshi used uh, get revived Gang Orca. in my hero academia because he loved having him as like a main antagonist in one of his prior stories Mm. yeah but um yeah to kind of to 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 tie things back into the chapter here yeah yeah yeah. um hashihime's sacrifice here at the end of the chapter was like super moving for me i wasn't ready Um, for that like if she really did die here like that's crazy for like i was not like i thought hashihime was gonna be like squad type shit it's crazy yeah it's crazy i took it as she died like mm-hmm. bona fide so you know mm-hmm. we'll see how I, you know i'm open to different possibilities going forward like if she's going to be held hostage there might be a hashihime rescue arc in the future but yeah. oh, i took no. it i took it as like she died here and you know like i said after after the explanation of lore from mellow like that yeah. solidified it even further for me and like after talking about this chapter discussing it with you guys kind of thumbing back through it seeing seeing it again 
makes it even more moving for me. And so I think, yeah, like Hashihime's out of here, unfortunately. But Well, you just raised a really good point, though, because it's like Dopo says, like, I don't give a fuck if we start a war with the Onmyo Bureau or any other syndicate or any other or any other area of the, of, the, of the faction alliance situation. He said, I don't give a fuck about none of that. I'm killing her right here. And Urara does escape. So, like, if Dopo is really that big on making sure that he neutralizes this Urara threat as soon as possible, why not keep Hashihime alive for a hostage kind of situation to bring Urara back into his, into his, like, you know, area of influence, you know what I mean? But I think that that would be weird, though, because he has kind of already dangled Hashihime in front of Urara what is this like the second time that she's been like tied up like while he's talking shit to somebody you know yeah. what i mean it's like how long is hashihime just going to be bound and gagged and like used as like a you know like whatever you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i i like the sacrifice it's very noble especially since she kind of represents like the old school yakuza kind of thing where it's about like loyalty and duty and honor like, she refers Urara as her precious charge, like, genuine affection and, like, the old-school methodology, which Dopo is definitely not playing by. He's he's a new-school rock-and-roller-type gangster. Yeah. And uh, I really like it. I would be saddened, but I would understand if Hashihime is kept at the brink of death and turn into a gallery piece. He do be liking to do that. He do, he do be liking be on that, that kind yeah, of shit, be man. That Because he would yeah. be like... Sussy, bussy ass. Sussy, bussy. Oh, no. Because he'd be so, I hope no one so... clips that. Clip <laughs> it. Anyway. No! Uh, <laughs> yeah. You say it and it just becomes reality. It's the internet. Yeah. What have I done? I am inevitable. <laughs> oh. was, that, was that a bad thing to say? I don't know. Oh, oh it's just... Bussy is just like a funny. I'll explain to you when you're old and eagle. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a mean word right now. Yeah, bussy. Yeah, yeah New glizzy. We don't got it. Yeah, we don't got it. We don't got to spend too don't much time. I don't know about it. I guess I'm not familiar with the with the trends. It's just like Twitter stuff mainly. Twitter. Uh, just just uh, Urban Dictionary it on your own yeah. time. It's, it's starting to re it's starting to seep <laughs> into the other social media apps. But like, I definitely mm -hmm. feel like the bussy comedy started in Twitter. <laughs> no it's definitely not like an offensive no, no, thing it's just like child, yeah it's yeah <laughs> anyway no, 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 anyway yeah. that's about all i have I to ask that, you on this uh, week i think yeah yeah because like dopo's so furious with her escape he, yeah. i don't think he's gonna let her off easy either he's gonna kill her in a blind rage or yep. she, he's going to make her suffer for an immeasurably long time. And the longer the series goes without seeing her again, yeah. that amount of suffering is just going to be like that much more heartbreaking. Yeah. Straight up. I, that, that was, That's it. I agree. That's yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on Ayashimon too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bet. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 115 of mission. Yozakura family. Uh, mission 115. Yozakura Film Festival. Love this chapter. It was yeah. so cute. This I love that. Like... Another wholesome, feel-good chapter for sure. I like it because it's like when you... I feel like I, I, I got to be careful not to just like repeat like the same praise that like I have been giving it for probably like the, the last like three chapters now. But like what's what I like about this one is that like everybody gets their own like little like moment of like focused development related to their choice of movie or 
you know, for this film festival. And I feel like inside of shonen storytelling, whenever you focus on character development or, you know, whatever, and when you're ever, whenever you're giving like very like character focused writing, it always pertains to like the overarching narrative in some kind of way, or you get like pathos and flashbacks that, you know, don't really give you the kind of information that these slowed down slice of life chapters give to the characters of Yozakura family. You know what I mean? Like when you, I feel like the more little kinds of, um, you know, non-dramatic information that you get about characters really helps for m at least my understanding or my attachment for the characters. Because it's like, sure, you know, a, a random, you know, shonen character has a flashback where his whole family was killed by a certain faction and, you know, he wants to... Um, he, he, he was like, he was a loner outcast and like, couldn't really trust anyone until he met the protagonist group. And now like you get character, you know, development and grow through like the interactions with those characters and what they end up facing in their day-to-day -day lives. Even if it's not action and dramatic, it all kind of pertains to the overall like story overarching narrative. But in Yozakura family, you get like chapters like these, where it's like, this is my favorite movie. This is my favorite food. This is what I think about shopping. This is what I think about, you know mundane regular everyday life stuff and it's like when you get information like this regularly because that's just the kind of story that mission yozakura family is telling then i feel like it's easier for me to connect with characters when there's just that many relatable things in their character arc that are kind of just like being thrown out there as far as information goes i feel like i can just like get to know these characters a lot better because we're covering things like and, and they get you know overarching narrative development and things like that too pertaining to the overall world and story of Yozakura family but you get a lot of these random everyday life things constantly that just make me feel more attached to the characters than I usually do in shonen storytelling I was long yeah. but that's how I feel <laughs> yeah no those small details really add to this like sense of like Versimile or like the sense of realism because like Koichiro is like nah nah like don't stack up the plates just leave them for the staff and like okay I see who he is yes. as a person that works in a restaurant I'm like all right cool you're that kind of person and like right. there's different kinds of people who are like like the people that are like oh I'm gonna help but they put all the napkins in the cup and I'm like thank you I appreciate that but I'm gonna have to be shaking this for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. No, it's just like those little 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 touches. I Stop like that they're the like napkins in the cup. Dude, <laughs> some people some people are helpful, but they're they're really bad at executing it. If yeah, you do that, what the fuck is wrong with you, you monk? <laughs> Hearts in the right <laughs> place, but execution yeah. is buns. They got the yes, spirit. Exactly. They got the yeah. spirit. Execution is buns. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't win them all. Can't win them all. Uh, but I do like that. Like it really reveals who they are as as people like yeah it just does it just re it reveals who i think it's people. it's hard not to kind of you know echo some of the same praises we're we've been talking about these last couple weeks when we're in a portion of the story right now you know where um hitsuchi gondaida is flexing that part of their storytelling ability is like fleshing out these fucking um bonds between these characters the characterization of like the stories behind each one of them and like their favorite movies or like what their favorite flavor of fucking um souffle is you know yeah, just all these different things like those different things that you learn about people you know like every day um behind the scenes like yeah these people are spies but they're also but they're people. also people they're and they also feel real as fuck yeah they're also people they're <laughs> yeah. also a family and and you're learning about that 
in these you know portions of the storytelling um, arcs, and um, you know the author just does it so well. Like that, like I said, it's hard not to echo kind of some of the same praises. You know, just like I, I love every, the movies. Yeah, like They're the movies. Funny. The movies are like so like funny. Like when it gets to I, and it's like a wolf tale. It's about a family of wolves on a big adventure, but the wolves <laughs> often complain about the director. It's like that's definitely not in the synopsis <laughs> for the movie, but because she can understand the animals in the scene. Like that's just brilliant by uh, by Gondara. Right? Like that was masterclass. <laughs> like I loved that. It's like this food sucks. It's like you could say that again. I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious, to... bro. And then he gets to the dog, and he's like, "Arf!" A history documentary of like war and shit. And it's like you would think the dog would be watching the wolf movie, but I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I just like super manly dog. Yeah, Goliath, um, like just on some, like, I got a movie yeah. too. <laughs> it's just like you're adorable, right, bro. I like I on page, page ahead, two, Jozu. You can see the picture of the shark just smiling. Goes Jozu instead of Jaws. I'm oh like, oh yeah, funny. <laughs> I didn't uh, even see like, that. Oh my god. And like when oh, they're Jozu. going over Shion's like horror movie stuff, she's all about like she's just that nerdy shut in that loves horror movies. And I'm I like, mean, I've I've met so many people like that. Yeah. Um, and I like the like pseudo names for the things like monday the 13th for yeah dude <laughs> wow of, i'm yeah. like not even i did not spend nearly enough time on the art for these i didn't for these dvd either. covers yeah like it's i'm funny. like and uh <laughs> rin rin for the ring and she's just like yeah yo no. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing. Zombies are like, why me? Oh, it's an like existential zombie. Zombies. Yeah, Sulky is that what it says? Five. I thought I saw sticky zombie. Sulky, yeah. Sulky zombie. Sulky why me? <laughs> Dude, I love the fact that instead of Rambo, it's Rinbo. Yeah, instead of Rambo, it's Rinbo. Yeah. 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 I like Shinzo's reaction. He's like, yeah, it's not over the top like that in real life, you know. It's just a, I don't like action movies because you know the gunfights are so fake. obviously fake, and it just shows like oh, Neo, it, like you can see like Neo, like Keanu Reeves basically in this panel is what it looks like to me. What's up, man? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I, 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 I don't have anything. What's good? I want you to finish your point. I, I already did. What, what do we got? I was just like geeking over some more of these movie titles that you can kind of see if you zoom like really far in, and like if you full screen and zoom really far in. You can see uh, Beauty and the Stud. <laughs> Wait, what page? Um, on page uh, two. Okay. Still, where okay. she's got kind of all of them laid out with Jozu. Um, Live hard dry. instead of die hard. Live That's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was funny. Uh, Drymon, what's that? What? Why do you guys think that is? Doraemon. Yeah. Doraemon. Yeah, it's definitely Doraemon. And what's this? Uh, what's Silence this of the sheep on the left instead of Silence <laughs> of the lambs. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so under this dialogue bubble on the right, it's uh. Pan, pants, pantomic. Where? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I see it. Hold on. It's hard. That one's like really hard. I can't. I can't do that one. But I did just yeah, notice. I noticed Moon War. Moon War above that, which is yeah, like pro Wars. probably supposed to be Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good I shit. Like I have no idea what that shit, other man. one is that we were just talking about. But yeah, no. I'm yeah, so if anybody glad. was able to decipher that one, let us know. Yeah, I'm glad that we took some time to actually like talk about that because I completely glossed over that entirely. I did too, and I live reacted to the chapter. That would have been a funny ass moment, you know. We got it here. Oh man, 
I like that Shinzo is a big fan of like kids' movies. Like it looks like pa Meow Meow Story Three, and it looks like Paw Patrol, right? Like it looks like that kind of show. Because mm. um, like the little half masks on the cutesy animals and stuff. But I like, I like the Abashiri and the Blizzard one. It's just like a very classic movie. I I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. Guy looks very sullen. <laughs> Stoic. It's, it's one of those Ken Takakura movies. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, shit. My oh my god! Yeah. I love the I love the Mutsumi and Tayo stuff. Obviously, that's like the main focus. Yes. Once you get all of like the you know the initial like you know focused, quick and 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 uh, straightforward. You know, all the other siblings do their movie in like one panel or like two panels, and then obviously we get some extended panels for you know mutsumi and and tayo and i love just how much of the movie that tayo chose ties into their actual real life relationship as far as like what they're dealing with in their lives as a part of a spy family that's constantly under pressure the number one spy family you know what i mean that's constantly under pressure in the underworld you have this huge overarching narrative building up with subomi and momo and they talk about that it's like yo this reminds us a lot of our life because these two, you know, characters are in love and they're and they're loving each other through, you know, this outside external force that's bringing their that's taking their, you know, their their lives away, you know, like slowly but surely in the background. And even though this like poisonous cloud that's killing them is a lot more like direct and active in their overall like health of the characters in the movie, like that still kind of reflects back to Tayo and Mutsumi because like they are constantly under the pressure of assassins and other kinds of assailants and other kinds of, yeah. you know, things like that. So it, it mirrors really well in that way. And it, 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 it creates a vibe of just like emotional maturity that's kind of like crazy to think about for characters that are this young. And I, and I know that that's something that's already been touched on in the series as far as like kids that have to, that had to grow up so fast because they're living in like such an intense world of like underworld crime and shit. Like you basically just don't get a childhood essentially. Like you'd think <laughs> when it comes to things like that and they have a de definitely a very different childhood than like, you know, like if this story was like in the West, <laughs> there would be none of this cutesy slice of life every day like there'd no. be no shopping there'd be no movie night there'd be no halloween like dress like like maybe you'd see those things but i mean it feels like such an eastern thing to have such you know dramatic and traumatic dark crazy things happening in the foreground and then you come home and like everything is like you know, like we're regular teenagers in, you know, in, in the world, or I almost said America, but just like regular teenagers, you know, like out in the world. Mm -hmm. It's like, how can you, you know, go back to such, you know, wholesome, jovial interactions in life when you have this crazy underworld universe that you live in and all of these dramatic, like storytelling points that have like brought such crazy drama into your life. I just love that about manga specifically is that you get so much more dynamics like these that are just like really cool to think about but like either way before i fucking like tangent off too far i just love how musumi and tayo's relationship is represented through the analog of this movie and how it just strengthens our at least my perception of their relationship and just them as characters by just having like a super relatable like sob story analog tied to them in the form of this movie with this like old couple that loves each other and doesn't know why they're dying it's just like so much like it, like it just turned into such an emotional roller coaster for yeah, me yeah. after we come out for of real. the comedy of the other siblings movies yeah 
I was just it's like, holy really shit, this is sweet. so deep. Yeah, it's sweet and deep and just like really, really brilliant character and story writing. Yeah, I agree. I like the way that Mitsumi frames it as a way of like, because she just, she's probably the most grounded out of all of them, to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, and yeah. I really like that phrase where she's like, they accepted their fate, they encouraged each other to live life to the fullest and held on until the end. That was their own way of fighting. Because it's so difficult, they did all they could to enjoy every day. Just like us, and I yes. feel like that's that can be that's a nice message that can be broadly applied to like anyone, everyone. I mean, um, everyone's going through their own thing, so like this is a good message to have um, yeah. in there. And I like that double spread on sixteen seventeen, um, and it just looks so soft and idyllic. And I was like, oh, look at those kids. Yeah, that double spread. I was like, as soon as I turned the page into that, the first thing that came to my mind is like thumbnail. <laughs> like boom bingo bango like perfect thumbnail yeah. just like mutsumi and tayo together such a moving double spread like yeah. just the art in that you can tell that's a that's a panel that um gondaira spent some time on yeah he cracked the knuckles mm. he said let me let me do it to him real quick yeah dude like... i'm gonna make them all wistful <laughs> yeah Shit. another no. thing that's like great about um about like just the movie aspect of this chapter is i feel like that's just such a good um it was just such a good decision to make as far as like deepening the understanding of the characters that we have because in the real world like myself specifically i don't know if this is true for you guys but like i for a long time in my life like looked to movies you know to find you know resonance you know what i mean to like I, I was constantly saying like oh my god this movie is just like my life right now you know what i mean like all throughout high school there were like three four movies that i that i just like clung to as like literal like fictional representations of my life as far as they're they? like it was like v for vendetta like lucky number slevin like all of these like just comfort movies that. that i just like kept watching like over and over again like i was just so oh, attached yeah. to them and i saw so much of myself in them even though you know like at, at surface you're like there's no way you live to be for vendetta life like no absolutely not but like they, these movies and their themes and their messages just speak to me on a level that makes it feel yeah. like you know like i really would like the movies were made for me you know what i mean so like and i feel like a lot of people you know feel this way about movies in their life especially when coming up around this age you know what i mean so having this chapter be dedicated to you know the the siblings and just characters in general and the movies that they chose to represent themselves in this chapter i feel like is like almost metatextual in regard yeah. to like how people look at movies in their own lives so that's just brilliant for character deepening storytelling absolutely yeah. there's um there's one movie it's called um the brothers bloom it has rachel weiss Grinko kikuchi and adrian brody and mark ruffalo and it's about two brothers who are con artists and the older brother organizes these elaborate cons yeah. and gives his brother a role to play because the younger brother doesn't like himself doesn't have confidence in himself and feels like he can only get the things he wants by performing a role acting the part that mm. he wants and that was something that like really resonated me with my youth and that's one of my absolute favorite movies it oh, is yeah. um very influential into like my way of thinking and like initially when i was young i didn't read it into it very well and i was like yes i need like i'm unliked so i need to be something else 
And then as I've got older and come back to that movie, it's like, you know what? Self-acceptance was actually the real meaning of that movie. And that's, that's funny that I totally missed that as a kid. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's just like, it's funny how your appreciation for that, like certain movies grow with you. And like, no matter where you are in your life, certain things will still resonate with you on different wavelengths. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely fair. I'm mad that know, we didn't like, get a movie for Kyoichiro. Like, you're such a fucking, yeah. like, cool guy. Like, god damn it. Like, don't, lame don't, ass don't yeah. Lame ass. We know, it, like, we know it's 007. Yeah. We know <laughs> yeah. it's 008. We know it's 008. Yeah, whatever, like, the pseudo, whatever you know, like, in. copyright infringement dodging version of it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, it's yeah. my sister's the keeper. Song of, the song of music. <laughs> Not my sister's keeper, yo. Chill. <laughs> That's hilarious. With the song of music. <laughs> nah, dude, my sister's keeper. Dude. That's a banger. But I totally, I, I totally thought like, like that makes all the sense in the world. Like James Bond movies for Kyoichiro. Like somebody's got to have the spy movie. So you know cheesy, I mean? yeah. he's afraid to admit it. He's you like, know, he secretly loves living this spy life. He's yeah. geeked out. He's like, ah, I'm 007, bitch. <laughs> he, he wears a suit every day, casual like. Okay, right. he's totally about the 007 life. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get on that. Shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want to get to the point where I got enough suits to just wear one every day casually, like different yeah. Now that's when that's when you're floating for real. You got a you got a suit every day of the week and then a couple so weekend suits. I'm walking on down the street, I see a quarter on the floor, I keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no laundry day for me. I got dry cleaning, baby. Like, it's a shark skin. <laughs> Yeah, them rich motherfuckers, they be saving every penny they wanted. Even if they gotta have a motherfucker like, hey, pick yeah. that up. <laughs> pick oh, that man. up for me. Yeah. Oh, man. Jarvis, pick that up for me. Dude. Not Jarvis. Kengo just being Jarvis, I don't know. Alfred, <laughs> yeah, Alfie, I don't know. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Kengo's funny as hell. You think what? Batman would tell Alfred to pick a quarter up for him? Hell no. Well, man, <laughs> I mean, I don't like... fucking know, dude. <laughs> Alfred's so legit, he would do it without unprompted. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. Batman doesn't need to ask Alfred for most Alfred things. Would, you already know Alfred would pick the court like Bruce would walk by the quarter. Alfred would pick it up and be like, you know, <laughs> kind of woke boy a fuck. I don't know. He would say some tight, like, <laughs> What is that awesome. accent? Oh, I guess. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Because of fucking um, uh, Dark Knight in the Dark Knight yeah, trilogy. Yeah, that had, was my uh, favorite Alfred that yeah. I've ever seen. In, what, in God, what was, his, what was that actor who played Alfred? Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Thank you, Mellow. Fucking yeah, yeah. The that trick was, is, that was, the reason I remember that so well is because if you say the words Michael Caine, you're saying Michael <laughs> Caine in Michael Caine's voice. <laughs> now Mr. Michael Bruce. Kane. Michael now Kane. Mr. Bruce. You know he would say some like tight, like enigmatic, you know, stoic, poetic, you know. Some men just want to uh, see uh, uh, philosophical shit about it. Like you can't be passing this shit up. No, nah, he'll grab that quarter and be like, I can't avoid these. This motherfucker ain't paying me nearly. <laughs> Nah, you know Alfred is fucking. No, Alfred paid, is paid. Bro. Alfred is paid. Alfred is paid. I was just I gotta take my, you know, I gotta take my Bruce shots whenever I can. Yeah, fuck that motherfucker. Bruce. <laughs> I've been saying nah. every quarter I've ever come in contact with, so that you have this jar and go on vacation, <laughs> just crack it open. <laughs> so, Holy shit. I think, I don't money, know. and I've treasured every second with raising you. 
<laughs> I think uh, I think that's I about all I had for uh, Mission Yozakura family this week. Though. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm good too. That was a beautiful chapter, though. I fucking love Tai. Shout out to bad singers like Witsumi. That's it. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. And then it like goes back into like I love how that's just like a joke in Mission Yozakura they family. Is that like the entire time? It's just like it feels so like it's just so brilliant to me because it's like Mutsumi is like obviously like best girl, protect at all costs. Like you don't want there to be like any kind of like you know not flaws but just like you you want to you would think that you would build a character yeah. like that up to be like angelic and like flawless you know what i mean for the sake of the world that they live that. in and She's how not. flawed the characters around her are you know or not flaw how flawed they are i gotta stop using that word but like there's just like everyone else is so quirky and like you were saying mellow she's like the more grounded character in the cast mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like with you have that coupled with the fact that it's best girl must protect type shit like literally baked into the narrative and then you give her you know the character trait of just being a fucking atrocious singer a and that's just at the karaoke so night. funny to me <laughs> dude Ooh. i love that she's not on a pedestal when it comes to like like yeah. personal qualities and stuff like yeah that. absolutely also i think it's hilarious that like all the siblings were awake during that time and then she knocks them the fuck out with like the black canary banshee scream of like the hells are alive yeah yeah, I think I'm I think I'm good too for sure. Mm -hmm. Alright, well with that I think we can go ahead and get right into what I think is gonna be the discussion of the night, possibly. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Chapter 173 of Jujutsu Cassin. Jujutsu Cassin. Tokyo number one colony part thirteen. And dude, I thought that the dialogue between Reggie and Megumi here at the end of the chapter was like Actually, somewhat wholesome in a way. Really, Reggie's, this shit is this Reggie's shit. words <laughs> yeah. and to Megumi's and like the look in his eyes as mm -hmm. he said him. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost of relief, like in the in the panel on like page three in the yeah. in the middle panel, like that look in his eyes and on his face above in the panel above that almost looks like relief because like yeah, as much as. I don't know, like, he might be grateful in a way to Megumi for, like, killing him, because as much as, like, one would instinctively try and survive and do what they need to do to, like, further their own life yeah. in a situation Once like you this, know where, it's you, over. where, where yeah. you're re where you're revived and you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Like, and then this guy pops up like, bah, 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 bah. these yeah. are the rules. Like, you got to start killing motherfuckers or you're going to fucking just die due to this rule system. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to be like, okay, it's on and popping, but, like, yeah. Who would want to be revived into that scenario? You know what I'm sure. saying? We don't know, like, really... That's probably just the do... kind of life that older sorcerers just, like, want to live. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it was said it was a lot more chaotic during that time, yeah. but I don't know. So if to it's me, a lot more chaotic, you're going to have a lot more characters that just live for that chaos. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I read it wrong, but, like, that's... Accept it too yeah, yeah they're just like well that's my life i guess nothing new yeah uh, i see what you, you mean know, though about like this yeah. reggie art though like he definitely does look very like somber very yeah. you know um acceptant you know what i mean very like all right it's my time i'm ready to go yeah. you know what i mean like thanks for the great fight on my way out but he definitely curses him at the yeah. End, yeah you know what i mean and this is like dying wish yeah him. this is bar yeah. for bar like which is yeah. crazy because we were talking about like how this kind of chapter would kind of go in our last review when we had Ronan on and we were talking about the possibilities of like, is he just dead dead or is he going to get some kind of final word? You know what I mean? In the next chapter, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And I think Mello just right away was just like, I think he curses him as he dies. And it's just like, 
confirmation in this chapter for that. So yeah, that was really it's cool. so sad. I was really hoping yeah. he was going to, because like Megumi is so cautious. Like even when he's like giving, being given points, he's like, hey, why'd you do that? Yeah. I don't trust you. I don't care if you're dying. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to stay alert. Yeah. And then he overlooks the idea that his dying breath is cursing him. But like yeah. Reggie is an old school sorcerer. He knows so the he game a little bit more. He knows yeah. the game. And he said, all sorcerers are con artists. So like the idea of him saying, like, consider it a good deed before death right before he dooms his life right so like even if megumi was skeptical it's like consider it a good deed before death and now all of a sudden like maybe megumi's like all right maybe i like stand here and like hear what this dude's got to say for his final moment Mm -hmm. since he's being so cool right now and then reggie's like get cursed bitch and you're like no (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i think happened yeah straight up straight up he might still be lying about can uh um, Tengen. Oh, because sure. Because his name is Reggie Star. Remember the Star Vessel Society that worships Tengen as a god? Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. I just thought of it as like a play on words for like register. Oh, I like that even more. That is but that like, it could be either one of those in my opinion. A little bit of both. Why yeah. not both? Poke. But no that's to, dude. That's tight though, because it's like. Yeah, Star Plasma, dude. Yeah, because I was feeling kind of that. I kind didn't of thing even for think that. about that's insane. I didn't even think about that either. It was something I can't thought of this morning when I was like fucking around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he's one of those guys. And also, they were talking about how the Angel is in a different colony. Like Tengen said that it that Angel Kurusu was in a different colony, but they're wrong. So was Tengen A wrong, period, just misinformed, or B misinforming them on purpose? Wait, what are you talking about? Wait, hold on. Tengen already, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. When Angel Kurusu was originally, yeah, that's right. He was like, she'll be in colony two, right? Mm -hmm. And so they go to colony one. And so why is she here when she goes to get him? I may be wrong. If you're, if I am, let me know in the comments because I do want to get it straight. But like, this is the vibe I'm picking up. And like, all sorcerers are con artists. Reggie is giving him a cautionary tale without actually telling him what's going on. Um, Well, I'm like looking into it now. You guys keep talking. So I want to know what that kind of thing is. And then let fate toy with you before you die like a fool. You skip forward to page 12, 13, and even page 10, 11. I feel like um, what better representative of fate than an angel, right? Because people equate God with destiny and the divine and like one's fate and stuff. And so an angel being a servant of the Lord or God would be uh, arbiter of fate. So I think that now that Angel Kurosu has Megumi, whether they are here to help them or are benign in their f- current, like future, like near future actions, I think that's going to be the beginning of fate toying with Megumi and set him down on a long path of suffering before he eventually dies like a fool. Or in the other fans translation, the fan translation wow. slaps so much harder so than good. the official for so Jujutsu good. Kaisen this week. I've yeah, never so seen like I've I'm, never seen such a drastic difference. Where did you guys get the fan translation? Because I saw I looked at I'll, the one I'll on Mangasi and it was the same. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll put it in the link. Put it in the Discord you want to you want to go to like do like TCB. Uh, 
Or yeah, put it, that's put it what in I the, think about currency. Uh, yeah, the PM can you gra- can you grab it, Mello? Can you? Oh, oh, yeah, I can put it in the PM chat. That's fine. I can grab yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also this whole thing where on page of ten and eleven, where mm-hmm. he's saying, "Damn it, Sumiki!" After being told, "No, Megumi," and the divine dog collapses after being told no. So I think the angel may have like Mimic pushed him Sumiki? away no the thing is i don't think that angel is a good person i think the ain't because like in the bible they say that satan himself is an angel fallen from heaven and onto earth and causes strife and discord and chaos and suffering and can take on any forms can be beautiful or as ugly as they want and so i wonder is this an evil angel and then if you look at the hair if you look at like Sumiki's like regular picture, I was looking at like the Jujutsu Kaisen fandom. Yeah. She's wearing a very similar sweater to the actual angel. Oh fuck. So wait a Oh my and god. So wait, are you are you similar. saying Are you saying that And their hair is similar too. And the hair goes over the cheeks kind of the same yes. way. So wait, are I you think... saying that like Sumiki it, like ate a cursed object and became Angel Kurusu? Uh potentially that is, one, that is one option. I was thinking that this angel is approaching Megumi and using its, like, you know, like Lucifer having the, the power of shape-shifting, oh. taking on the appearance of what, someone that Megumi trusts and loves. Oh, damn. To influence him. Oh, damn. And the thing is, like, the dog is released, right? Like, the dog dissipates. After she says, Megumi, no. And he's like, damn it, Sumiki. But he's like delirious from blood loss. Okay, so like here's, here's like how I'm kind of, because the way that I looked at this scene, it's like she says, no, Megumi. And then in the fan translation, she, she says something else. And we can actually talk about the difference of fan translation and, and, and uh, official translation for this particular Remy scene too. But when he says, or when she says, no, Megumi, and then he dispels totality, she, he's like, shut up damn it sumiki like he's used to this like he's used to her like kind of playing the role of like his conscience or something yeah you know what i mean like it seems like he doesn't seem like like holy shit was that sumiki the fuck what like what like he doesn't seem surprised by it like it seems like this is like a regular thing in his mind i get that but like if you zoom in on page 11 where there's like blood trails coming from his body and the fact that he's slumped over and eventually collapses i think he's not like surprised but he is like in fact delirious from blood loss mm. so he's it's, it's not like he oh. can't react it's just that he's not in his right mind to yeah. even question it. so maybe that was the first time that that sumiki voice kind of like came and entered him to tell him, you know, to do or not do something, and he's just yeah, chalking it up to I, being, you know, bleeding out, and and I'm delirious, yeah. and oh, now Sumiki's in my head and shit. Like, damn it, Sumiki! Yep. Like, I really gotta be fucked up, Ugh, and then like falls over. Exactly. Yeah, That's why I shit. think Angel's already toying with him, and Agent Yo. of Fate is already toying with him. Yeah. Um, that's my take on it. Um, I totally thought where you were going is that like. <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought you were trying to say that Angel is Sumiki, and that would just like fucking blow my mind because we know that there's it's an option. We know that there's like two different kinds of you know sorcerer that was created for the calling <laughs> game according to the end of the Shibuya incident, and and Kenjaku was like, um, 
what did he say he's like i'm either going to like make everyone eat a cursed object similar to yuji or i'm just going to like people are just going to wake up with curse techniques suddenly that never had them if i'm going to rewire their brain people who were supposed mm -hmm. to be jujutsu sorcerers who had the potential to be jujutsu <clears throat> excuse me people who had the potential to be jujutsu sorcerers but like just like their regular day-to-day -day lives never being you know introduced to the sorcerer society and having the proper training just like rewired their brain to like regular contemporary society and mm -hmm. they never developed their curse technique i'm pretty sure is how that was explained with like junpei and stuff and all of the mojito yep. storytelling so like you're either going to be a yuji or you're going to be a junpei and i thought that I could have sworn that Sumiki was already kind of explained to be among the Junpei type. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's for sure, though. Someone's going to have to remind me of that if they remember offhand in the comments section. But if that wasn't specifically stated, then the possibility is there that she could be a curse object ingester, you yeah. know, or consumer. You know what I mean? That, like, is essentially you know, the same kind of dual personality relationship that, like, Yuji and Sukuna have, and Sumiki ate a... Kenjaku had Sumiki eat a cursed object, and then her, you know, opposite side of the coin is this Angel Kurusu character. That would be Ooh. fucking insane. I think that would be awesome, because he would be... Like, Megumi would be even more conflicted about fighting Kurusu, because, A, it's in, within his sister, and, like... The angel is the reason why she's not in a coma. Mm -hmm. So, like, it, it, by doing that, would he undo the progress she showed? And, like, would she fall back into a permanent coma again? So he'd be like, I don't know if I can, if I can't. Um, I like both takes, to be honest. I, I'm really excited to find out a little more. Um, That's why I just love Jujutsu Kaisen, man. It's like all of the characters are so interesting, and they just have, like, such, you know, robust backgrounds and like you know philosophies that it's always just like you just get hit with a bunch of moral quandaries and crazy like deep philosophical mm -hmm. questions every chapter whenever new characters are introduced and you get explanations of their motivations somewhat or literally just any dialogue from them in their initial characterization just sparks like so many conversations inside of the community because gege is just that deep of a character writer and just has that many mm -hmm. good ideas for characters in his story it's really impressive how just vague information inside of Jujutsu Kaisen will have the streets jumping from week yeah. to week. You know what I mean? Like, that's just insane to me. Cool. Yeah. And I'm just going through some of this stuff where it's just like... So if, 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 Angel is, if Angel is antagonistic and, like, and, yeah. and, and she does, you know, want to harm Megumi... She could just like, kill him right here. Like, yeah, he's, like, dead to rights, you know, but Remy is, like, right around the corner, you know what I mean? So, like, we've gotten all of this Remy storytelling about, like, how she clings to men who, you know, think she's cute and do whatever she says, and it's, like, this really comfortable lifestyle where she doesn't have too many stressors because she has so many zealots that she can just command with her beauty or whatever is kind of, like, what oh. she's going into. Maybe maybe I'm... I'm interpreting that, like, incorrectly. I don't really know. It seemed like that just based on her initial chapters where she was clearly trying to use her attractiveness to manipulate Megumi yeah. and like shit like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she, but now the situation is so much more nuanced because she ran into someone who didn't fall for that bullshit. Like Megumi essentially like Luffy'd her, you know what I mean? If we're Called thinking about like Luffy too. and like Boa Hancock type shit, he was like, your, your shit doesn't work on me. 
like i'll really kill you bitch like do not play with me you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i don't think she's ever encountered someone like that and then on top of that once the tables kind of like turned and true colors were revealed megumi was like i'm gonna fucking kill you because you lied to me but then he also like kind of protected her and like you know mm -hmm. went off and fought other people and now he megumi has her dead to rights and he dispels cone totality instead yeah. of just ending her shit so now she's probably sitting here going like this megumi dude is like the actual guy that i've been looking for could do some selfless yeah. like act of like love passion type shit and step in you know what i mean to kind of like stop angel kurisu from whatever malicious intent she might have towards megumi in this scene and then we might get some kind of sacrificial or like at least some kind of time delay to allow megumi yeah. to kind of like regain himself and like see you know remy yeah. kind of going to bat for him i think that would be pretty cool too it's yeah. it's really interesting because it seems like she was just like you know what life is hard and if i have someone taking care of me and doing the decisions for me i don't have to worry about that stuff and that's the idea oh wow that reminded me of denji just now when you said that that reminded me of like denji and makima type shit oh. yeah no i mean <laughs> i feel like that's kind of who she sort of represents oh wow um and then uh i was thinking that like angel kurosu speaking as Sumiki mm. was saying, Megumi, stop. And she's one of the reasons, she's a little bit of the reason why the divine dog stops. Because the divine dog, it's a positive spirit, and she's an angel. Because mm. that tied to that thing. Because, like, we even positive know that Maharaga spirit. is like a, like a, like a, like a, like Maharaga is like a, like a, angel of its own sort of oh yeah he had that like positive energy blade on his wrist or whatever on his like, yeah, so, but, or like whatever. the name that it's it's called the divine dog so i feel like an yeah. angel might have some influence there especially sure, sure. toying with megumi i don't think that she's going to be like out actively malicious but i think that she's going to use him mm -hmm. um and like with the art on table 12 like the way her hands are placed it's almost like she's like gonna snatch him up, but maybe right. it's just because I'm biased it's... and I have my suspicions planted in my head already. Like, how do I interpret this art? It's just such a crazy situation to have a, um, to have a character in a story like this whose just curse technique is to just extinguish yours. Like, you can mm -hmm. spam that. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. like so crazy that you're that broken in an arc like this where it's just a bunch of curse techniques versus each other, and you can just take them away as naturally as Megumi conjures Cone, you know, or yeah. conjures New Way. You can just take, you know, take people's fucking curse techniques away. Like, that's Man. insane to me. I need to see how that's represented in the actual art and, like, storytelling, because, like, that's so crazy to think about. Can we just talk about Takaba's ability? Yeah, we got it. We haven't Yeah, like I'm like like this is so crazy to me because it's like we had our ideas, like me and you kind of like got in our bag a little bit, like when his chapter like first kind of came out about like what his technique could possibly be. And it still could work like similar to like kind of how we predicted, but at least this area of his technique that Gage decided to focus on right now is essentially just like small scale matter or uh small scale reality manipulation. That's crazy. That's busted. Yeah. It's yeah. funny because he's a complete idiot. <laughs> I love it though, because like I don't remember our conversation. Uh, because no, like you know they talk about like like who are sorcerers? 
maniacs and fools you know that was kind of like an early yeah. nod earlier at there and i'm like yeah you're all maniacs and then there's this fucking idiot <laughs> yeah, this is the fool of fools yeah go ahead Eagle. i don't remember our conversation exactly but like um my buddy kyle was pointing out to me he was like he thought um in his memory anyway that we we called it almost perfectly I don't remember the conversation exactly. Like, what did we say? I remember an area of our discussion in the first Takaba chapter where he interfered in Megumi's fight against Reggie and Hazanoki. And, and when we were reviewing that, we talked about, I can't remember if it was me or Mello, but like one of us said, like, he probably doesn't even know how his curse technique works himself. Yeah. I, think, I think one of us at least said that. But, like, as far as, like, this, like, when he comes up with something that he's certain will be funny, it becomes reality, none of us said anything like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's completely different. Yeah. That's very specific. Because so I maybe that was remember the something of, like, um, yeah. I remember saying something along the lines of um, his power, like, his power spikes, but only when it's funny. Yeah. We were talking about how, like, the 70-30 split that was kind of implied in his debut chapter... And how that could go into his curse technique, it was like, if the person doesn't think the joke is funny, he gets like a 70% stat increase. Yeah. If the person does think it's funny, then he only gets like 30% or something like that is like kind of where I we was thinking going. some long lines of that. Yeah, but like, yeah. this is even... Okay, this is this is funnier. This is crazy. Like, this is way crazier. So I saw some bro. I saw someone say some funny ass shit on Twitter. There, because 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 you have this dialogue box here. It's a curse technique capable of opposing even Satoru Gojo yeah. and having like the small scale, you know, reality warping kind of nature of the technique. It's like someone on Twitter was like, "What if this dude hears about Gojo and then makes a joke like?" Oh, he just needs to think outside the box, <laughs> and then it, and then it frees him from the prison realm. <laughs> yeah, actually, I somebody hope said that. Too. Somebody said that in the chat for the uh, in the in the live reaction chat. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it it reminds me. His power reminds me of um, when an AI wrote a Batman comic, and it's like Batman <laughs> hates, hates the clown and shoot fires a rocket launch at him. He deflects it with a funny joke. A clownly power. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that on like Reddit yeah, or something. Yeah. They like put it's, they it's put a Batman like story into an AI. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. hilarious. I love it though. He's goofy and like I love it because he can negate limitless or infinite domain. Like he can t actually if if make the joke calls for it, yeah. Like that's insane. <laughs> like I can see you know limitless behaving like haha. You can't touch me. You can't get to me. But then it like is kind of like Nen in that way, where like I always make the joke. It's like I do a backflip, rip my pinky toenail off, and say my name backwards, and you yeah. don't have you don't have access yeah. to your fucking Nen or something crazy yeah. like that. You know what I mean? If it's it seems like his technique is is kind of behaving in a way that just does not care about what your curse technique is. The effect <laughs> the effect of his curse technique has yeah. priority in the exchange, and as like that in funny. and of itself is just insanely busted for a story like Jujutsu Kaisen, especially when you have like a gaggy, more comedic character that you can literally write anything for and it'll be in yeah. character. Like that's crazy that you have no limits like that. technique in him. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very modern curse technique, which yeah. is really funny. Um, I mean, I really comedy's been a thing like... forever. Like, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, is it, like, I, I can see an older sorcerer, and obviously he's not an older sorcerer, but I can just see like an older sorcerer just like, 
possibly having this ability too because like there's always yeah. been jesters and fools yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know and shit like that yeah. the idea of clowns being reversal like the power of reversal because like mm -hmm. classically medieval times jesters were one of the very few people that were allowed to talk shit to kings yeah period and that was literally their superpower was, yeah. but if it wasn't hey, funny off with his oh, head KO'd and like they got dragged to the dungeon and beat for a while and yeah. then killed um but i think it's funny because like takaba could literally just do thousand years of pain on gojo and it's like doesn't matter about limitless and he's like oh well this is a new experience yo hold on uh, wait i gotta talk about the fan translation versus the official translation when it comes to this uh remy scene because like in the fan translation when cone is like over remy and he's about to kill her you get this just amazing panel, by the way. I have to talk about the perspective through the mouth of Cone looking at Remy is just a fucking beautiful little sliver mm -hmm. of a panel. But um, and I love like Gage's like screen tone texture texture application, mm -hmm. like with his like little like comic book dot screen tones, like that he puts in literally everything gray <laughs> in Jujutsu Kaisen, which just like gives you like an established like texture style for his illustration, which I just love. But no. Yeah. Cone pulls up, and then in the in the fan translation, the Sumiki vestige says, "That's no good, Megumi." And then Cone dissipates, and Remy says, "Good?" Question mark, as if she heard Sumiki say that. Yeah, that's why I think it's the angel. There yeah. we go. I was like, I don't know why, but I I read both, so it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I I read through it quick, and the and the fan translation does slap harder way harder especially on the last page oh my god we're about to get there in a minute but like uh, yeah. i mean even, holy fuck even on page uh 14 oh, right where they're talking about ryu ichigori this like crollo kuwabara looking ass guy kuwabara yeah his ability looking ass. yeah, yeah pompadour pompadour crollo with spirit gun <laughs> and yeah they, the the translation for these guys slapped way harder like in in uh in the in jump translation uh for the for the pompadour he's a hot shot who boasts the highest cursed energy output of all the players which like is tight and it lets you know he's boasting that like even because that's something that is highlighted by Utah, like his cursed energy output yeah. was high as fuck, known as the highest, you know, even even above Gojo, right? They were talking about his like mm -hmm. mana pool, I think specifically, like he just has oh, like the highest okay. like cursed energy volume, um, yeah. But the fan translation says both the highest cursed energy output among the players can shoot cursed energy like a cannon, so like spirit gun Dude. type. Beat. But see, like it might not even be that. That might be like the difference in like the translation, right? Because it's yeah. like hot shot and cannon. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. hot shot is in the official train. He's a hot shot who boasts the highest cursed energy output of all the players, and then there's no you know reference to him being able to shoot cursed energy like a cannon. But then if you go to the fan translation, boasts the highest cursed energy output among the players can shoot cursed energy like a cannon. We have mm. to literally see him in action before we can know for sure what his curse technique is like. Because if that is a difference in the translation, and then they just read you know shot or shoot or whatever hot shot yeah. can easily be mistranslated oh, yeah. into shoot energy like a cannon you know what i mean Absolutely. so like we literally just have to see what's good with ryu in, in that my way. head in my head i thought that like shooting like a cannon made sense because of like how he looks very much like a tagashi character right and the fact that like he's sitting on top of like a dome like like a botanical center dome um 
in this neighborhood, high vantage point, and based on the number of cigarettes, he's been there for a while. So yeah, he's like got a pile of cigarettes. This motherfucker like is like chain a, smoking. Like chain style curse <laughs> technique yeah. makes sense just yeah. based on like where he is and how he's presented himself yeah and cigarette uh, smokers like tend to be having guns and shit you know what i'm saying like i feel like that's like a thing spaghetti yeah. western man yeah, it's type absolutely shit. a thing um my favorite new character is uro takako period this fucking dude. panel of her like wearing the sky yeah. in this like transparent like you know yeah. fucking like savage land rogue kind of Tarzan. you know fucking tarzan style you know clothes that is the sky basically i don't know i'm just looking at this shit like no no horny shit no no simping shit like dead ass this is just an amazing character design blacked like, out I, eyes with the white uh irises oh i didn't even notice she's got the gambit she, eyes wait a minute no she's very much an x-man oh no um, okay and she, yeah. okay, like, gay, gay. i don't know if she's like she's got she's she's gonna be hard as hell dude um, because she's like an assassin, I'm just, I'm just picturing her captain. fighting style. If she's a part of an assassination group and she can manipulate the sky and we see the representation of that as like her almost seeming to like bend or refract light to create an invisibility effect, like that's broken for assassination. And invisible. <laughs> and she can yeah, fly, that's what I'm saying. Like you can essentially just like go invisible. Like that's the perfect assassination trait, period. Yeah. She can just swoop think, in, um, drive by, chop someone's head off, rip out their throat, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Good thing about I think my favorite. Style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite character out of the ones we got had introduced here at the end of the chapter is definitely um, Ichiguri. I, I'll have to say Ryu. Oh yeah, Ryu. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, we'll have to see how things play out. I'm also a big, cool. big, nah. big fan of Takako, man. Takako. Yeah, yeah. Kuro Takako, man. But Woo. also like this Kurouchi or Kurouchi character. Yes, this yes, is Akra. like okay. So you talk Kuro, about like Kurouchi. Kurouchi. I think is the the way that you'd probably yeah, do. Kuro is yeah. yeah. Kuro flows it's ex in. Yeah. It's extended, Kuro right? Because you have Kuro like you have the O next to the U. So, like, Kurorushi is probably how you do that. But, like, anyway. This fucking cockroach is going to be fucking broken. Like, you think about Hanami. You think about Hanami. You think about Dagon. You think about Jogo as these special grade curses that represent a specific theme. Talk to cockroach him. special grade is going to be the toughest. And think. The highest durability, period. Like, it's going to take everything to kill this thing. I didn't even think about that. Durability is going to take everything to kill this oh, thing. And yeah. think of how much people, like, at the, at the base level, like, there's a lot of fear for cockroaches. Like, Yeah, straight up. Like, nobody likes cockroaches. And, like, nobody these things in our world can survive, like, things like nukes. fucking thermonuclear war and shit. They can yeah, they Chernobyl. can survive nukes. Yeah, yeah like, dead ass. Cockroaches you know what I mean? and Twinkies, bro. Right, cockroaches <laughs> and Twinkies. Just shout out to fucking, what is that, family guy? <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah you know what i mean like dead ass like that is going like this amplified in and the special grade cursed area of strength is mm -hmm. going to be the craziest special grade curse that i'm pretty like we've ever seen and 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 dormant until introductory conditions disappear like this dude kenjaku yeah this is kenjaku's oh like God. this is kenjaku's boy right here like dude, this is kenjaku's like, like hanami like personal hanami <sighs> and he's like i ain't even spreading it Wait till my boy. Ah, y'all yeah. don't even know about my boy. God, what it says he's already registered, so they do know. Sorry, yeah, yeah. continue. Bro. Go ahead, Melo. Yeah, yeah. His rank is registered at special grade. 
it might saying. be worse. Yeah, yeah. It might be scarier. And the fact is, Kenjaku's meeting with the Chinese, remember? And they're like, hey, we just dropped some nukes on Japan. What can cockroaches survive? Nuclear explosions. Um, How? Go ahead, Melo. Sorry, I'm just... Yeah, like, it's already been established that Kenjaku met with the Chinese, and he's like, hey, man, are like, the nukes are ready, right? And they mm-hmm. t- mention that. And we have a cockroach spirit. Cockroaches can survive nuclear things. Is that the certain condition that he becomes active when the bombs drop? Um, oh, wow. And then, mm. like, spirituality, like, symbolism for cockroaches, it's about community, vitality, fertility, um, being able to survive, um, being able to achieve one's goals. Um, the fact that they are one of the fastest bugs in existence, they can fly, they can do all this stuff. And like, if they have community, can it like manifest its curse energy and create clones of itself? Because if you see one roach, you see a dozen more. Yeah. Straight up, straight up. That's a big one. I saw someone, um, use a Baki, the grappler panel, on Twitter when talking about the capabilities of a cockroach. And there was like a panel that said something along the lines of every animal on the planet has a top speed that they can reach physically, but it takes time to build up to that. Cockroaches can hit their top speed instantly. Really? They're the only creature on the planet that can do that. I wonder if like proportionately, like how fast they are. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I wonder, yeah, I wonder. it's already what I'm crazy. saying is, I guess, proportionately, I wonder what the fastest animal on the planet is. Like, the fastest mammal, obviously, is cheetahs, right? But, like, I wonder... I think that's not know, even bugs, true. I think, I think cheetahs just have the fastest top speed. Top mm. speed, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm uh, saying. You know, but, I mean, like, you have things like consistency and, like, you know, shit like that that kind of, like, go into... Well, I guess, yeah, I guess if it's the fastest top speed, then it would be the fastest land animal, period, if it's got the... Or mammal, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe proportionately bugs, like, you know proportionate to their size are faster like you know mm-hmm. you know how yeah. ants like like if we were as strong as an ant we'd be able to lift a fucking boulder or car you know yeah. easily I, mean... I don't know why but i guess when you brought up cheetah i was like okay so if a cheetah maxes out at like 60 miles per hour but can only hold that for like 15 seconds and then you have like an ostrich or something that can like run at like 45 <laughs> miles per hour for like an hour you know what i mean then like what's faster i don't fucking know but anyway yeah sorry mellow <laughs> It's okay. Um, there's a thing that I was thinking about because, like, when they were sealing Gojo, Yuji fought a grasshopper demon, and it had a lot of the physical characteristics using that, and it talked about mm. how its kick was so fast. So having this cockroach thing show up again, shit, and, it's, <laughs> yeah. and and it's gonna have that top speed instantaneous thing yeah. it's gonna like they're if, if they had a hard time with Naoya, imagine them trying to keep up with this thing that is fast as fuck and like insects like bugs then who fights it a lot of people it's gonna have to be a lot of people maki maki yeah i was literally I, <laughs> as soon as you said maki like synced up with my internal like mind voice said Maki. Maki, they're about to be. It's he's gonna come in. Yeah. Maki about to come in with the sharp and playful cloud like. Yo, bitch, get your or no, no, she not even the sharp and playful. She's got like about to come in with. She about to come in with my bro. My. That's her sword's name. Right. It's Dragonbone. I thought. 
Uh, there's dra yeah, Dragon Bones, one of them. But she's, she's got like a she whole bag of curses. She's renamed like her her mycelium. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The one with like the fur on the hilt. Yeah, yeah. she's about to come in with mine. She she renamed that. To her. I, I didn't even I didn't even know that. Come in with my life. I forgot about that, but I, I'm calm now. No, she's gonna come in like Casey Jones, about... just an art golf bag full of cursed tools. Ooh, yeah, yo, Maki Ooh. on her Casey Jones. I hope Kichi's watching this. I fucking love that. The, uh, She's tough the like a roach backpack. too. She is impossible to kill. So like, I want to see her fight. Yeah, it, it almost. Now that you say Maki, it almost feels like that's literally what that character is meant to set up. Because it's like all of mm. all of the all of the praise or just all of the descriptors for Kurodushi just sound like Maki on a physical level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like. Obviously, we don't get that inside of um, inside of his panel or whatever. But, like, we think about, like, what it means to be a special grade cockroach. Mm -hmm. And it's like... <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> We think about what it means to be a special grade cockroach. And it's like, this thing is going to have, you know, proportionate strength amplified to a special grade level as a cockroach. And cockroaches are known for, you know, just being physical tanks in the bug mm -hmm. world. You know what I mean? And, like, if you're talking about physical strength, agility, reflexes, and just durability... It's like yeah. those are all of the things that you talk about when you're talking about Maki. You know what I mean? It's like that exactly. makes all the sense in the world. I love hmm. that matchup personally. Yeah, man. Um, so the last one we've talked about, you know, those giant naked mole rats that like you see <laughs> when Kenjaku introduce walks the girl across the bridge and yeah. said, hey, the town yeah. curse and dreams and reality. That's a curse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those giant mole rats are hit, uh, Droob's. Uh, autonomous uh, shikigamis. Oh wow! Oh wow! Really? Oh, no, wait, because whoa, there's two of them. Yo, right? like, there's two of them. Wait, you see okay. them on page thirteen, and then immediately Drew, he's a veteran of wait, the no. Civil War of Wa, and has two <clears throat> types of independent shikigami. Oh wait, two types of shikigami. Page thirteen. I, no, I'm it says self-sufficient, and then in the fan scan, or I mean, in in this in the fan scan, it says self-sufficient. And then in the official scan, it says uh, independent. Also okay. on page on fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Where he's where he's sitting in the stands. Yep, where's yep. where's yeah. the mole rats? No, 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 no. no. You have to go 14. back to. Well, you'd have to. I mean, like page fourteen is what talks about Druve, but in regard to what Mello is referencing, it's like the very first colony chapter that shows Kenjaku mm -hmm. walking people out of their homes that don't want to be a part of the conflict. Yeah. And in the background of him walking that little girl out of her home, it's like all black panel, double spread. Mm -hmm. And then yep. you turn the page and then it shows you what it looks like outside of the barrier. And then it's this giant, as Mello says it, naked mole rat looking curse that's just like oh. fighting in the background. And he's saying that he thinks that that thing is one of Drew's shikigami. That's a, that's the thing that I appreciate about Gege's storytelling. Sorry, Melo, I just wanted to say this real quick, just because no just because Eagle said I wish we would have gotten to see that. Gege has so many good ideas for characters and abilities that he can afford to tell you about one and make you excited to see what that is, and then just not give it to you because one, he's trying to address the idea inside of his story that characters can just be cut short at the drop of a hat without mm -hmm. any you know, respectable right. buildup or crescendo into their character arc. Like, like characters can just die. You know what I mean? And I they do he was often. The, he had, yeah. 
no continue uh, uh, i was just i was just going to say like it's just cool to me to know that like gege has such a big bag when it comes to this area that they can introduce multiple characters and make you excited for them and then just kill one before you see them mm -hmm. do literally anything and it's like oh that seems like wasted potential but it doesn't matter because 17 more characters are going to fill that gap that have even crazier mm -hmm. abilities or just even cooler story arcs you know etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just he just has that much content but yeah go ahead and and he was arguably touted up uh, the most, like had the most points, most yeah. bodies, obviously. And like they, like uh, uh, an old man who achieved the sole control of the archipelago during the Civil War of Wa, like sole yeah. control. Oh, yeah. He was out here in his life too. Yeah, building and this dude the two, fuck up. Yeah, he has two types of self-sufficient shikigami that can and can use their tracks as a domain. Like, what does that even mean? Like his curse technique sounded so crazy. Well, it, it explains it a lot get better. One than panel the of him just, rah, rah, and yeah. fucking Utah just looking like a cold-blooded killer, bro. Well, the way going back to like page fourteen when it's when you were like, what does that mean? His tracks can become a domain, and the official translation it makes I feel like that a little bit clearer because it's like he has two types of independent shikigami, and their orbiting trajectories constitute his domain. So because they seem to be on like a track of you know perimeter surveillance essentially around Druve as like the epicenter mm. their you know their movement through space you know around a certain perimeter creates oh. the creates yeah. the, the boundaries for his domain so as long yeah. as you're within that circle they're kind of doing then you're kind of then you're just in his day. domain yeah. or whatever i think is what it's trying to say just like really cool conceptual stuff that we'll just never see you know come to to the light because he just, it's just not necessary like yeah be excited about it know that there's these crazy people out here that can do all this kind of shit but their life can be taken at the drop of a hat and it's okay because i got 11 more motherfuckers for you to be excited about mm -hmm. so don't worry yeah. about that one technique that you thought sounded really cool that you wanted to see and didn't get to but yeah mellow yeah, sorry then, go uh, ahead no no no. mellow's been trying to say something yeah, for like three been. minutes sorry, go ahead. yeah sorry. so Drew, just because he's dead doesn't mean that those shikigami are going to disappear they're independent they're going to mm. still maintain they won't disappear until they are killed that's a cool way to look uh, at that so what i think mean? those creatures are still going to be out one there. of them looked like it already got faded in that one chapter that you were even referencing what was that the colony chapter like if you go yeah, the very to... first colony chapter they yeah. were being attacked and kenjaku's like oh some people are getting uh really aggressive good start yeah. um, this man's ain't getting faded but who? but like drew um oh he is really ancient the Civil War of Wa is pre-Tengen. Mm. Oh, wow. Tengen, really? Tengen comes from the Nara period, whereas Wa comes from the, the era before that in the second century. Is that Heian? Uh, let's see. Of the Heian era? Wait, I thought Tengen was from the Heian era. Uh, the Civil War of Wa is from the Yayoi period. Okay. So that is like Bronze Age. Okay, so that's like after the Heian era, then it's it's like straight up Bronze Age. Because like, like if Heian if Heian era is Golden Age, then there would have Nara. to be yeah. And, and, Nara and is if, the Iron Age. Nair, Nair, oh Iron Age. Okay, I believe so because I mean Bronze Age, Iron Age, Gold Age. I thought it was Silver Age instead of Iron. Is that if it, it sounds that, like you right. have Iron in the Silver Age spot? Uh... But if, if iron just means silver, then that's, like, totally fine. I'm not trying to, like, argue semantics there. I'm just trying to get a an idea of, you what? know, like, where the timeline is sitting for this. Because, like, every they, they constantly reference the Heian era. 
in Jujutsu Kaisen. And we know that there were other eras, and they can okay. definitely reference other eras, which it seems like they're doing with this Civil War of Wa dialogue panel here. So, like, but, like, the, where is that on the timeline is essentially my question. Okay, so the Yoi period is uh, prehistoric. The Civil War of Wa was, like, the first recorded uh, conflict in Japanese history, period. Um, so it is 300 Whoa. before Christ. Oh, wow, okay. So that's wow. before Christ. And yeah. then the Nara period, which is where Tengen is supposedly, like, when he begins being worshipped as a deity, it's when uh, um, Buddhism is the most highly de developed. That's 710 AD. Jeez. So Damn. this dude, Druve, is ancient ancient super ancient like, and so fucking you to just one shots him mm -hmm. <laughs> his power, or i guess two like, shots him because yeah. he's so old his curse technique is probably very ancient and like very got a very primordial feel yeah yeah so i feel like those shigami they're gonna be no joke even without uh you know someone at the center of the storm the eye of the storm controlling yeah. them what gege is saying though about yuta at the end of this chapter then considering all of that information related to Druv is just like insane that gege is giving this much stock to to yuta's character and like it's like we already knew like he's comparable to gojo so all of this stuff yes. makes perfect sense but to just build Druv up as like the most dominating you know on paper explanation that we've gotten of the four and then to just have you to just kill him effortlessly is just like so insane to me that's like that. like yeah, it's hype i love it i love you to give me yeah. all the you to shit but that's just such a crazy statement gege loves to make these ridiculous power scaling statements in their yeah. series and they always capitalize on it when it's time to focus on focus on it and it always feels yeah. really good but in the moment you're just like holy fuck like that, that's man. insane yeah yeah like you said um the fans translation for that last page is way better. unusual way better than not oh on viz it's it's three months after the night parade of a uh, hundred demons yuta came back to become a special grade sorcerer second only to satoru gojo in unusual abilities which is like which is kind of you know makes you okay. hype for his technique you're like unusual oh, what kind of you know it makes you speculate but after the night of a parade, after the night parade of a hundred demons, he regained his special grade status in three months. In this modern area, he is second only to Gojo Satoru, a prodigy. Way better. That just sounds and just pay that that just narration uh, bubble. Those two words paired with that art. Yeah, you know, you know, just white in the back. Him looking like a killer, just his that cold stare, just like nah, it's just all business. Yes, ancient sorcerer, you know, uh, incredibly powerful. Get him out of here, fuck him. Yeah, another five points. Yep, that's all it is to him. It's like back, back. He's like, this is me clocking in. <laughs> I'm clocking into work. What you mean? Five hundred BC. All right. It's Yo. crazy because, like, the Civil War of Wa, when they finished it all up, because it's like the War of the Five Kingdoms, right? Yeah, like that kind right, of era. Right, right. And then at the end, they talk about how they instate that peace was restored in 180 before Christ, and a shaman queen. Wait, known what? As 100 AD Ko, or before Christ? Uh, 180 uh, before Christ. Wait a minute. That's 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 when the war ends. Like, I thought I thought like I thought BC before Christ was up to a certain point and then everything uh, after that point is AD. 
Yeah, it's yeah, but it's still okay. So, like, if my head how is, is it Christ, AD and before Christ me, at the same let me, time? Let me see here. No, it's just before Christ. Okay, let me okay, see so, okay. because it, it's it's like a negative number, right? Sure, it's sure. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. If, if it's if it's just before five, Christ, then I get it. It's yeah. at minus one. Yeah, and then absolutely. Christ is zero, and then it goes forward like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but I'm they had a shaman sorcerer queen named Himiko who took over and like reigned peacefully and she used her magics and mysticism to like win over the hearts and minds of the people yeah and i thought that was really cool especially because like you know japan having an early precedent for jujutsu sorcerers taking over and stuff like that um there was a thought that i had a while back this morning um where i thought that takako had been cut down in that last page because of that long hair um, where but it got called out. It was just Drew. What page? Um, oh. Page 19. When they have the back to them, I was I thought initially that was Takako. And oh. I thought it was like, it's really interesting that Takako and Drew had been cut down because one was a prolific ancient sorcerer that had a billion minions, and the other one was represented by the sky or, like, you know, the heavens, yeah. Gojo Satoru. Yeah. So I was thinking that, like, Takako is like a parallel for Gojo, and then Druv was like parallel for Ghetto, and then that Yuta being the one that will kill them. Yeah. And Yuta could sign. still be the one to kill Takako think, if she really I'm does still. So. I've been thinking yeah. about like what her fighting style like even means as far as like can man control the sky or manipulate the sky. Like it clearly seems here, at least from what I can see, that it seems like at least what we're seeing in this panel. Is her just allowing herself to just exist anywhere in open space because she can just wear the atmosphere, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. And just like suspend herself in the air because she's wearing the air like clothes and they just hold her yeah. up and she can just like consistently keep that clothing as she moves throughout space. So I thought that that was cool from like a flying perspective. I've never seen anything like that, I don't think, at least not you know, represented in this way. And then as far as, and then we're talking about like, you know, invisibility, you know, like being a thing potentially just based on her outfit, quote unquote, and how she's wearing the sky. If you can extend that throughout your entire body, then you're essentially invisible. But it's like, what else could there be there in regard to controlling the sky? Because I doubt it's just like a movement and invisibility technique and that's it. Because where does your damage output come from? Like, you're just, like, control over, like, you know, base Juryoku control and enhancement. That's fine. I like that. You know what I mean? Like, Mei Mei type shit. You know what I mean? But even Mei Mei has a trump card. You know what I mean? So, what would, you know, Takako's trump card be if the regular surface level perception of her curse technique is really just support and defense oriented? There's gotta be some kind of like final Sucks spell. Oxygen out the sky on Something you. like that. Ooh, hold on. You don't get to breathe? Uh-oh. Yeah, she might be like but an did we, or something like that. Yeah. Did we talk about these the translator's note here on her page? Uh, no. In, refer in reference to the stuff that like Mello was just talking about with Utah. Um, translator's note on the fan scan on her panel. Uh, Fujiwara were a great were a very important clan in the Heian period, known to be a rival to the Sugawara clan, who Yuta is a descendant of. Yep, yep. I huh. did note, I did see this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, and then there's ooh, another yeah. one that says, Sun, Moon, Stars, Progress. The idiom usually has, 
you know, this specific kanji as the last character referring to heavenly bodies, which is also yeah. really cool. That's actually because, like, symbolically, the sun, moons, and stars typically represent uh, permanence and, like, presence and the idea of, like, gods, goddesses. Um, in, in the Bible, the, the sun, moon, and stars have a, a meaning that indicates glory. So, like like truly blessed among the heavens kind of thing. And that reminded me of like Satoru Gojo when he said, among heaven and earth, I alone am the blessed Honored one. one. Yeah. 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 Hardest quote so in the series. It may, it may be, if not the hardest quote, the most referenced quote in the series mm -hmm. on yeah. social media. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm thinking, I think she's going to fight Yuta eventually. Yeah. Um, I hope so because like, Gojo's always been a big plan is like, hey, you know, I could just kill everyone, but that doesn't change things. Man, I what if Takako... Oh, sorry. My bad. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just completely... Continue your thought. I'm sorry. Start it over, actually. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> like, Gojo wants generational change. And yes. so, like, Yuta slaying the ancient and then slaying his, like, more recent... The more recent modern sorcerer that is, like known to a be a distant like relative yeah would be really indicative of like being symbolic of that progress yes and, absolutely like, overcoming the past and like a new generation rising over the old um yes. and then it's weird that like she's the captain of the sun moon and stars squad group of assassins and that's another reference of star is this another connection to tengen is this another connection to the star vessel star vessel society or like something else I don't know. That's another crazy thing to think about. Like every time I see the word star now, I'm going to think about what you're talking about. Cause I just like yeah. did not think about it like that. I can't see it. I love the, I love the way that you just framed that like generational progress um, point in your, in your, in your analysis. I like that a lot. I think that that feels really good. And that's like super on par for Gege's style of storytelling. I would love to see mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, unfold like that. But um, I, I just had a thought, last thought, like probably for the entire chapter for me, Takako's fighting style. I'm now picturing her fighting a, like similar to Gentle from My Hero Academia. Ooh, that would be raw. Shout out Gentle. Yeah, she shout could out even Gentle. like probably use the air as like blades in some way, like type yo, shit. Yeah, like hard. Like that's hard. That's, that's a that's been done before. You know yeah, we've definitely you know? seen that. You, I could see her using, you know, the same way. If if she really is floating in the air because she's literally like wearing the sky or atmosphere or air as clothes, and it's just holding her up because it's that in, entangled in her physical being, and that's why mm -hmm. she's like suspended in the air like this. Mm -hmm. Then she can probably do this to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like tangle you up in the sky in this, you yeah. know, like kind of similar way, which would be crazy. Kind of like CC crowd control kind of effect inside of your curse technique, and I love seeing shit like that because it means that deeper storytelling has to be involved in how you overcome situations that literally lock you down. You know what I mean? Like yeah, damage is one thing. You take damage. You know, a shonen storyteller can just say that wasn't enough to kill you, whatever. You know what I mean? But like when you're literally like suspended and locked and stunned, rooted, snared, whatever, you know what I mean? Like just going through all the MOBA terminology. But like whenever you're fucking like stun locked, you know what I mean? Like that's always a deeper, bigger situation than, than just holy shit, huge energy ball. What do I do about that? So like yeah. I love things like that in combat. So 
In yeah. terms of offense, I was thinking that through her uh, invisibility and the fact that like sun, moon, and stars are referenced in her name, she might be able to refract the sky around her, yes. her and as a beam, like a giant magnifying glass, just shoot a concentrated beam of sunlight and just burn through people. Yo, like a magnifying Laser. glass. Yo, that's and insane. And they're just ants and just... Bzzz. That'd be sick. Eat them up. Burn them up. We have a barbecue bitch tonight. It's going to be delicious. It smells oh, like man. bitch in here. <laughs> Any final thoughts for this chapter? No, I'm I'm totally I good. Think, yeah, what no, an amazing conversation, though. Yeah, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. What an amazing chapter to do to Mason. Absolutely. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, Megumi has been cursed to a, a terrible death, right? Like, he's right. been given a bad fate to die like a clown or a fool or what have you after being yeah. toyed with by fate. But that's not always how curses, like, last word curses manifest. It's not always, like, yeah. black and white direct like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it always kind of manifests in this, like, out-of-the-box way that's still related, but, like, yeah. isn't just direct. You know, like, you can't just say, like, uh, you're gonna fucking walk down the street and have a heart attack in 30 minutes, uh, and then, like, die, yeah. and then all of a sudden that thing happens. Yeah, like, long-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fate if you're aware of it, you can potentially like lean into the like mm. prophecy and like subvert it in a way that like helps you survive it yeah. um but like the idea is like you know die like a clown die like a fool yeah um, the translation difference like is so funny in that yeah go yeah, ahead eagle go ahead eagle. i like that well no i was just gonna say like you were about to get into my point pretty much like the fan the fan scan translation was uh better in my opinion let fate toy with you become a clown then die <laughs> that was so funny to me like in direct like side by side to the official because like mm -hmm. let fate toy with you before you die like a fool let fate toy with you become a clown then die i don't know i feel like i'm fucking with the official a little bit more on that the but it's not like still, a, yeah it's basically official still wrong yeah, yeah absolutely the yeah. main thing for me is yeah. that like yuji was slated to die right like yeah. this is not a happy story this series is not about happy stories period and i like that like megumi is now got like a parallel death sentence over him like yuji like he is finally like kind of like true deuteragonist parallel path these two are set up for a bad fate yeah now it feels like aki and denji type beat going on right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. like and like fu future shit. devil type shit yeah yeah i love that stuff yeah that's, that's crazy vibe. that's all i got though hell yeah that's all i have for jujutsu kaisen as well me too great job boys well with that i think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 227 of it was you it was you Dun, dun, dun. Starting on the chapter with this beautiful, beautiful yeah. color cover. Yeah. And um, the greens and blues this. in this are fucking insane yeah. with the whites for that glow effect. Yeah, that shit is fucking beautiful. Inagaki and Boichi, their their choice of like color I don't know if it's all Boichi or Yeah, you never Inagaki know how much, phase. you know, the writer has to do with the art ever. You know what I mean? You want to assume mm -hmm. like you know not that much like as far as like decision making yeah. for like effects like these and like just but i mean like maybe just concepts come from reach you like this is the kind of there's probably like very little communication because boichi is so talented it's probably just, and they're probably just like so in tune with each other which is what it feels like in the story that he's probably just like yo i want a cover of senku you know stanley ryusui and and Kohaku, like, looking at Petrification Beam Light. That's probably, like, all he needs to say to him. And then Boichi just delivers on everything. 
with like yep. no hassle, like no difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Beautiful cover though. Beautiful pages. Like even like second and third page, like the double spread is like yeah. we finally reached the moon. Just like all the Oof. people framed in that, like this was the first chapter I read this week. <laughs> good like right away i was like oh no he fucking touched down on the moon last chapter i'm trying to see that shit right away mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. oh man i love the the squad of four i feel like story-wise it's like that perfect golden girls ratio you know what i mean <laughs> like the four people it's just a four-man squad great dynamic it's the perfect number of people to like bounce off interactions yeah. with while still maintaining a tight cast which yeah. i always appreciate yeah love um, that like teenage mutant ninja turtles dynamic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um god kohako nearly just screws the page oh my g- dude i was so like bro yeah. when i'm reading this scene like it was just like so much just wholesome exploration type beat for me like vibe wise like i know that they're mm-hmm. looking for y man but they just touched down on the moon last chapter that was the cliffhanger or that was like the final page with senku touching down and saying that like get excited shit and then we go in here and i'm sitting here going like okay they're on the moon sure and yes they're trying to get to y man but we're probably gonna have some like cool like moon shit you know what i mean for like a chapter at least so like i totally wasn't expecting to just turn into like why man interference in this way i was it was just so gaspy i was like wait oh shit already like right now i was like oh fuck like i literally was like shaking reading this (laughs) oh on the way there on like page 16 17 i think uh 10 and 11 right so like 10 you know like it's just kohaku and and it's like kohaku please unseal the medusa capsule and it show like and you know and, and in retrospect you go back and you're like yes this all makes perfect sense but in the moment I was just like okay so they're probably getting the Medusa out to you know in case they turn the corner on Y Man or something like I did not think that this was devious or like crazy ominous mm-hmm. at all you know what I mean and then you know she's like you sure about that Senku and since when do you say please and I was like yo if sen i didn't even think about it that like senku isn't saying this and that's why the word please was used i saw it as like oh senku's got to be serious if he's saying fucking please like you're totally right i've never seen him say that shit i was like something must be coming around the corner or something and then you turn the page and it's just like senku's like what are you doing stanley's (laughs) like like, nope yeah or or is that stan no it is stanley yeah it is because he's got the the cigarette he's got the cigarette oh yeah and it says stanley it says his name on the shit Mm -hmm. i like Totally thought it was Senku until I double-taked and saw the cigarette. But no, it totally says his name. Anyway, Stanley's like, hey, what's, what are you doing? And it makes so much more sense that it would be Stanley who would react in this way, mm-hmm. too. But, like, I was just so not ready for it to be Y-Man interference. Like, I'm, like, sitting here like, oh, my God. The perfect, like, twisty, page-turn, butt-clench drama has just been injected into this chapter. And it was just so masterfully done for me, personally, because I just didn't expect it. It made my stomach lurch when it had yeah. those changes. Like it's like Sanku didn't say anything, and then it all clicked as soon as they're like a vacuum tube for the Medusa, and that's why it goes off. It's literally designed so that if you bring it to outer space, you're fucked. Yeah, it's like that's such a great failsafe. Yes, in a in like a villain's master plan. It's like no, I will never let my weapons ever be used against me. That's great. Why I do they that. why do they crash though? Like just because it's like so 
chaotic in the moment and they're not paying attention to the controls of the rover or something like i'm trying to find I, out why the, the the rover had to crash right here because they're just I, so shocked and like holy shit and then they just steered they just I, doesn't seem like something stanley would do i think it is because it's like the shift of weight and also they're operating in one sixth gravity oh, so sure. it doesn't take a lot of momentum or force yeah, to like totally right. lift it off its side because we always think about cars and rovers like really heavy but even then she's like yeah you can throw this medusa six times as, as far yeah. so like i mean i can shake a car with like my leg just bouncing from my adhd fidgeting mm -hmm. and if i can shake an entire car they can probably tip a tip her over. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> With yeah. That kind of wide range of motion. It just seems so drastic. Yeah, it, it just well, she she throws it after the crash. You know what I mean? And like like the car crash, the rover crashes, and then she's in the air tossing it. You know what I mean? So I guess mm -hmm. I like just didn't. Um, I thought that the, the crash was so drastic and so quick that there was something that I was missing, and as far as like the inciting incident for it, but, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mello, I mean, it's, right. just, it's like, just moon just, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, moon shit. Like that subtle shift in weight is enough. And yeah, like, that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. Not even subtle. Like she's like, oh shit, not like, yeah, you know, yeah. But I mean, again, like that's after the crash. Like I she does not like, even it's, begin it's to start throwing it until the rover. Like the rover crashes first, and then we get illustration of her outside of the rover tossing mm. it into the air. So I was just wondering, like, what happened to make them crash? But the explanation that you gave works totally fine for me. You know what I mean? It's not that big nice. of a deal in general. Yeah. But holy shit, they narrowly avoid petrification. And then it's they so see this chilling. ominous black, like, miasma wave of just ominous darkness stain <laughs> you know and it's like holy shit what the fuck is that is that imagery or is that like actually a thing <laughs> i think it's actually a thing because they said it was a dark spot in their fucking satellite imagery so like that's crazy if they're actually looking at that right now <laughs> like yeah, wow yeah like holy shit what a sight to behold yeah, that would be oh, some my. terrifying shit. Would you want to walk into that? Hell no! <laughs> I'd be shitting and uh. pissing at the same time and throwing up. I'd be like, oh, bro, get me out this... <laughs> I'd be like, this get me out of this shit. Dark stain is... And it's just like, if it's something that's visible, it's like just a mess thing. So, they were like, I get it. The mystery's revealed. It's you. Does anyone have any ideas who the fuck it is? No, I have nothing for this. <laughs> I've been looking back and through the first, you know, through the last few chapters to try and see like that's Senku ooh. saying that, right? Because he because he's yeah. got like a Ryusui facial expression on right now. So. Yeah. But I know that actually that's so stupid because I know Ryusui's in the whip because he doesn't have mm -hmm. a fucking astronaut suit because he came yeah. up like last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so dumb. So, but yeah, anyway, I've been looking back in these last chapters to try and see like who has been absent from the like houston type you know earth panels yeah as far as like you know main characters that we would recognize when i went we... back and did that too last week yeah I... you know maybe it maybe it's somebody who we don't know at all and it's only but it seems relevant to everybody everybody's shocked you know what i'm saying so yeah 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 i, I was i was looking this whole time closer than we knew all along like the only person that i'm like noticing 
that is just like a main prominent character that is like mysteriously absent from a lot of these Houston Earth panels after the launch. I don't know if it's a stowaway type situation or what, but um, Hyoga has been curiously absent. I don't know. Do we know where Hyoga's been? Oh, is I don't know. Oh, I was thinking if it was like if there was anything in the first few chapters, like prior to the petrification, like mass petrification, like the modern day era, if there was any characters that like Senku or his dad interacted with, including Zeno. Because I was like, I wondered if like there was like, going to be going that. Because like right now, all I can think of is Anish Kapoor because of the Vanta block, just giant miasma splotch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yes, it was Anish Kapoor. He was so petty, he decided to petrify the entire. <laughs> That's all I got. But like, man, I don't know who. And so, Eagle, you're one... saying that somebody back down on the planet is like secretly giving, like, Y man commands. No, or not like I... Y man commands or like voice commands to the Medusa. I don't know. It, it's hmm. curious to me that like. Because I have a camera. Do they have a camera on their bodies that everybody can see? I don't have a, a frame of reference for like how to guess who Senku is talking to at the end of this chapter, but I did assume that he would be talking directly to one of the other people that are with him. I don't yeah. know why I thought like otherwise I'm like who would he be talking to? But it makes sense that because it's like I can't see it being Kohaku or Stanley. Those are the only two people he could be talking to or Ryusui. It's definitely not going to be any of those. I feel like. Mm -hmm. So he has to be talking to... If he is talking about someone we know, then he has to be talking to Earth right now. And that's why you're saying I'm looking at these Houston panels to see who's, like, not shown, right? Because you think that the fucking Medusa trigger that they just narrowly avoided in this chapter came from Earth, right? No. Oh, okay. That came from Y-Man. Came from Y-Man. So then uh, why, are, why is he accusing anyone if it came from Y-Man? if they recognize the person yeah but if it came from why man why would why you... did they see somebody in this uh mist here oh, okay okay so then you're saying that someone from the earth came up with them and is now on the moon with them and he's talking to them and they were hidden somewhere this entire time from the rocket i don't know maybe 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 they don't see somebody yeah know. i'm like i'm like there's like he has to be like if he's like he's either talking directly to kohaku or stanley or someone right in front of him and it can't be someone random because there's too much prep and consideration that has to go into anybody coming up on this rocket so it couldn't just be some random character in a spacesuit like haha you didn't notice me you know up until this point somehow but i'm here on the moon too now suddenly it couldn't be anything like that yeah. So he like has he figured to figure it out, though. I know that that's what I'm saying is that like I feel like we're narrowing it down to he has to be talking to someone that's still on Earth right now because they're in league with Y Man to some degree in some way that was hidden. The only way that a hidden person could have done anything is through like radio communication potentially. But then Where's Ukio, but then Ukio would know. Where's Ukio? Chrome at? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I saw Chrome in, like, the last chapter, I think. He's not in these panels in the last uh, page. Yeah. I mean, it's a big cast. It's hard to get everybody, like, FaceTime. Yeah, I don't think a lack of characters in this yeah, chapter would I'll... be indicative of who it could yeah. be talking about just Pardon because me. the cast is that big. But I, I see where you're cool going stars. here. Yeah. yeah. Part I see of where me you're going here. I think it's actually, like, it was you, Colonel Mustard, in the dining room with the <laughs> candlestick. Like, I don't know if it's actually anybody that they really know. Mm -hmm. They're just seeing Y-Man for the first time. And it is horrifying. 
Um, oh, he might be just yeah. He might be like looking into the. He might just be looking into the miasma, the into the miasma. The miasma. The miasma. <laughs> He's just looking into the shit and going like, I know who Y man. I know who or what Y man is now, and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that we know. It could be someone that Senku knows from an area of his, you know, history. Or the area of his um, background that we just haven't seen yet. It was you, no, not... Jeff Bezos. Uh, of his I'm backstory, not... rather. The area of his backstory that we just haven't seen yet. Instead. I don't want to beat a dead horse too much, but I would yeah. just like to point out, yeah, like in 225, we get on page 15 a panel of Zeno and Chrome together. And in this chapter, you know, Chrome is not pictured with Zeno here, you know. Yeah. Zeno's panel is close up on the face but like he could you know Boichi could have easily drawn like a panel like the one right below it with uh with Kaseki and Ukyo and yeah. um you know so there's a possibility that it is so zoomed in on Zeno's curious. face because it doesn't want you to see other characters in the scene which could give away who it is I totally see what you're saying yeah. there but at the end of the day I just don't think it would be Chrome but that is sus that would be wild if Chrome yeah. was just like I mean, that would be such a like a, like no a gut punch betrayal. No way. Like, no way. Like worse than Sosuke Aizen, right? Like in Bleach. Literally like a Aizen like... play. He's sitting here the whole time like, yeah, I'm a dumb fuck. Oh, I got all these rocks. Oh, Senku, you're so amazing. And the whole time he's like, mm, mm, <laughs> I got all these rocks. That's all I can do. You're so much smarter than he's, me. <laughs> he's like, you fucking out... simpleton. No way. <laughs> no he's way. You heard it here first. If fucking nah. Chrome is a mastermind in no the background, no way, no way. Plotting with Y man, that right. is impossible. So, That's like some weirdo, like pick. AU fanfic shit. Fuck no, I would hate that. All right, but yeah, so hey, out of pocket <laughs> pick for Eagle is Chrome. Mm -hmm. My out of pocket pick, Byakuya. Oh Jesus! His own dad. He's like, you know what? I'm oh my God! I'm what the scientist. fuck? <laughs> I expected the world to run out of resources and go through an extinction event. This was the only way, Senku. You have to understand. No. That kind of thing. And he's like, but like, oh, I think God. it's just a robot. I think it's just a robot. A yeah, AI, AI makes the most sense to me, too, at this point. Um, but if you had to choose a like... random character, who would it be? <laughs> But either way, yeah, it sounds like Senku figured it out. If if I had to pick a what character, what? Oh, I was asking Nox, like, okay, if you had to choose a random character, who would it be? Yeah, like, who I, got I like I don't like if it if it had to be someone that we know, I don't know. I'll think about that in a second. But I just legitimately think that this is just new information that we're going to get mm -hmm. about like Senku's character and maybe even in relation to Byakuya. I think that this will pertain to a flashback that we get in sometime in Senku's life that not entirely explains this, but helps to explain like the end of this chapter to a certain degree. I don't know exactly when we'll get all the information that we need for it, but I definitely think that this is just an area of Senku's, you know, backstory and his character that we just haven't seen yet. And then we'll get a flashback that like kind of makes this feel a little bit better in some kind of way. I'm just chalking it up to like, we have no frame of reference for this dialogue and it's just all going to be new information coming from Richiro Inagaki. Yeah. But if I had to choose a character that we know, uh, I don't Kaseki know. Kaseki looking kind of sus in this panel on page on the double spread too. Kaseki does. Kaseki, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Everybody I, I else really... is like, oh, and he's just like, 
kind of sweating, yeah. like eyes black in the back. Obviously, you don't want to say it's anyone because right. like all of yeah. these characters are just so incredible. We love it all feels these like a legitimate family, and we love all of them. But mm -hmm. like now, I'm thinking of like super extra shit. That's like okay. So like, if Y Man really was a thing then like before you know obviously um Biakuya and, and the other members of the iss that were up in that satellite when everything was petrified if one of them was evil and connected to the original petrification and then they come down and repopulate the planet that person could have left some kind of information you know for their specific bloodline in the repopulation that's like we're fucking with why man we're a part of the reason why this happened in the first place you got to keep this going in case someone mm -hmm. wakes up later that tries to undoes all that tries to undo all this you got to keep the why man original petrification motivations in 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 mind and it's just information that's passed down to that specific area of the repopulation bloodline similar to the hundred tales or byakuya and Senku mm -hmm. going down the generational line until you get to Ishigami Village, and now here we are, underhanded behind the scenes. One of the members of the original ISS crew that came down and repopulated everything was secretly evil, and his bloodline or their bloodline has been, you know, had information passed down from gener generation to generation, just like the Hundred Tales, but on the Y Man side of things. And then it could potentially be like Kaseki or something in that case, or you yeah, know, like somebody yeah. else that like was just a double agent. You know what I mean? In the background the whole time, like that would be because it's wow. like yeah, that would be like insane. Because then it's like man, that's like page one, day one shit. But with you this, know what I mean? With this dialogue from Senku, man, like the perpetrator behind the that flash of light that turned humanity to stone a thousand years ago all along this whole time closer than we knew why yeah. man was you yeah like that just had that that's got me looking at everybody a little funny yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. i still feel like it's an ai maybe the robot left in charge is like shaped like the person that did it mm. and it's someone they recognize oh it just like slightly like, resembles yeah, yeah it, like, like if, it, if it's like... really like like some fucking like future site shit like that i feel like it has to link back to the original iss crew with byakuya then i still think like if it has to be any of the members it would be like byakuya vivian vivian white lillian weinberg or whatever lillian yeah lillian sorry sorry lillian the pop star yeah they, I used, don't know. they used her voice to to like get everybody yeah, on yeah. on you know what i'm saying she was a big like, part of uh flipping the sukasa rebellion and building the science kingdom like okay would be interesting to do that that'd be or like the hundred tails yeah, yeah. exactly because like i don't know i still think it's an android if it is maybe biakia because like xeno looks absolutely chilled yeah we never see him react to that or it's just like everyone looks horrified because you're witnessing this like vanta black mechanical monstrosity that has like a semi-humanoid face yeah yeah i i think an ai makes the most sense i'm just i'm on the yeah. edge of my seat for next chapter to see what the fuck happens. i really want to know right I really like this is gonna be like the dr stone chapter this Can next one is me? going to be insane I hope I hope uh, Doctor Stone trends on Twitter this next chapter, man. Oh, that would be incredible! I would love I'd, anytime Doctor Stone. It typically Stone doesn't. Trends, it needs spotlight. That. It yeah. needs spotlight. Like, yeah, get it out. But there, yeah, I man. think that's about all I had for Doctor Stone this week. Yeah, I think I'm beautiful spreads. Hell yeah, beautiful spreads. I loved the moon 
the eye corona is always so ominous when I see that the giant yeah. like star burst starburst of light staring down light. at you. Yeah, and then like yeah, I yeah, really yeah. liked the eight nine double All spread. moon double um, spread. Moon. Yeah, beautiful with the teeny 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 rover. Yeah, and that like light source coming down in the top left corner. Yeah. Yeah, shit's fire. Stuff. The fucking like. I don't even know what you call that, that cluster, that like galaxy, like that weird like- Nebula? You know, yeah, Nebula, that powdery collection of yeah. of illustration in the background, yeah. Gorgeous stuff. Fire! Yeah. Boichi don't miss. But yeah, I'm good on Dr. Stone, I think. Yup. Can't wait till next week. Me neither. Facts. All right, well with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into the final chapter of the night, the Peace de l'Existence. Chapter 1038 of One Piece. <laughs> Kid and Law versus Big Mom. And I like how it's like the, like, he puts this chapter on the, uh, this title on the chapter and we're like, oh shit. Mm. But then it's like a bunch of other shit and we get like, you know, two panels of law and few fucking... pages. Yeah. But big cover story this time. Jerma's Ah and Emotionless Excursion Volume 3. Niji and Yonji are held captive in Chocolate Town in the book prison, bro. Yeah, wow. They're just chilling. They're like, hmm. So, like, where is They're this on the there. timeline? Like, they, like, when is this happening? Like, they got him. They got captured. In, uh, they, you know, Jerma stayed back to help, you know, the Okay, so this land. is the end of Whole Cake Island storytelling still. I mean, it's it's probably right. It's ha probably happening right now because Oh. You know, Oven looks all healed up. He's in a fresh, he's in some fresh uh, threads oh, and sure. shit. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. chilling. This is like probably right now. And and all the buildings on Cacao Island are, are fixed up. They're, oh, okay. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of them are fixed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, there's some that are still broken and shit, but um, no, I think this is right now, you know. Yeah. And, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So it's basically just like, yo, there was a story about Jerma at the end of Whole Cake Island that you didn't see, and Oda's just taking a more, like, present time, you know, um, showing of what's going on, and then you kind of just, like, fill in the gaps yourself, essentially, yeah. like, as far as, like, what kind of... So obviously they were captured. When they were yeah. captured, they were put into these books, and now we're just seeing that moment right now, and then we can yeah, easily just yeah. fill that gap with our minds. Sure, that's cool. But yeah, um, getting into the chapter here, like, we obviously move around a lot. Like, we get kind of the first bit with uh, Fukuro Kujo and Raizo, where <laughs> Raizo's just, like, burning. Fucking yeah, I, I love this scene. Like, people talk shit about this, but, like, I, like, as far as the time that's spent on it, it's, like, I think it's cool that for a couple panels you keep coming back to this just to show, like, the perseverance of Raizo. Right, because it like totally mirrors Odin in regard to like, totally mirrors in Odin. regard to yeah, in regard to your 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 perseverance and your determination to just get through the pain to accomplish a certain goal, like yeah. And and Fukurokuju is like, the flames are gonna reach you first. Like you're gonna burn to death before I burn to death. So you might as well dispel your jutsu. And he's like, nah, bro, my 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 god, Odin already held this shit for like ever with us on top of them like i can i could do this you know what i mean like hey, i can i can wait long enough while taking the pain until you burst into flames and you don't have this kind of drive and will in your history so you're going to lose before i do in this game of attrition that we have here which i just like saying, we do this shit i do this shit fam. i do this shit in these streets nine <laughs> scabbards 
Hell yeah. Oh, but then we get, uh, nine, bitch. This this bit with Jinbei, man, hard yeah. body shit. He, he like saves all these samurai that are about to get crushed by the roof. They're all like, ah! He said, yeah. I just They're like, oh, you're with the Straw Hat Pirates? Like, why aren't y'all getting the fuck out of here? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you see me holding no, this shit up. We ain't no regular daggler pirates, you know what I'm saying? We sticking with our captain, and he up on a roof. <laughs> I've got a soft spot for moments like this where really strong characters hold up scaffolding and just, like, heavy ceiling while other mm -hmm. characters run away. It's very um, reminiscent of, like, the Incredible Hulk in the original 1984 mm -hmm. Secret Wars. It, you know, and I'm, like, a huge Spider-Man nerd, so it reminds me of, like, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko era, you know, Spider-Man run Master Planner trilogy, if this be my destiny yeah. type shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, the super famous, like, Spider-Man cover where he's literally got an entire building on top of him with fucking water water filling up underneath him and he's just like not strong enough to lift it and he has like this really introspective character journey about it like i love that kind of dramatic situation inside of action is like holy shit i'm holding this thing up and people's lives depend on me my own life depend on depends on me can i pull it out of me to keep this thing off of me and keep it from crushing me until i can escape type shit like i just love that moment in comic books yeah man uh, I just love that Rizo is like not even responding. He's just in so much pain. He's just gritting through it. Yeah, He's yeah, that's like, also really telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> like I can't even talk shit back to you. Like I was, I was, I was hitting the banter with you up until this chapter, but now I'm really starting to feel these flames, and I got to focus on my jutsu. <laughs> that's Dude. I like that a lot actually. To Dude. think about it that way, I love it. I love it. And Jimbei just being like, hey, man, like, I get it. You're samurai. I'm a fish man. But, like, you know, this ain't an honorable death. So let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love Tiny Tiny Chopper. I yeah. Tiny ass chopper, man. Whoa. Tiny Tiny Chopper. Tiny Tiny Chopper. <laughs> and we got we got the, the, the deer chick holding him down, you know what I'm saying? But he does uh, pop back into his big form here. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm back. All right. So that was the side yeah, effect. Like, I'm but what, yeah, but what about Zoro's side effect? That motherfucker's about to die. <laughs> where oh, is he <laughs> so i had a cool thought for this page uh you know this this stuff on page five where like obviously we see the grim reaper standing over zoro or yeah. what looks like it yeah um i'm like damn what if this really is like the grim reaper it could be like just a hallu hallu uh, hallucination like what if it's killer i think it's, i think it's just brooke when when was the last time no because brooke is brooke. i think i think um, it's just a visual gag for brooke Brooke and we don't know how much time is passing in between this stuff, bro. Yeah. Like Brooke and Robin's fights are like already done. Like they're just running around. Brooke yeah, I think it could be Brooke. Do we see honest. Brooke in this chapter? No. Maybe I thought about a lot of really tight things that that could be. You know what I mean? But it, it's just like the history, like just like tells me, like, hmm, yeah. this feels so random. So yeah, I'm not so, seeing Brooke like, in this chapter, and it's making me think this is definitely Brooke. Yeah, because it's like it's like this just totally feels like Oda style comedic buildup. Gotcha. In regard to like, yeah, in regard to Brooke's character, it's like I don't know like what the motivations are behind this gag, but like Oda will will tie that in probably pretty well. Otherwise, it's like yeah, I was thinking about a bunch of super tight Grim, Grim Reaper shit that this could be, but at the end of the day, I sat and thought about it. I was like, man, it's probably just Brooke being funny, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know, I, like Brooke just that'd be some classic Oda shit. Classic Oda yeah. textbook Oda shit. If it's not Brooke then I think it might be a hallucination or, like, the spirit of Enma manifesting itself while he's mm. at death's door and just being like, hey, man, because Enma is the king of the underworld. Theoretically, you'd think, like, the Grim Reaper. 
death is the god of the underworld death is the underworld yeah that kind of thing i see where so you're going like with it's... the with the killer shit though eagle like 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 because he has a scythe and we know that kamazo the kamazo version of of uh of killer was was definitely using a scythe so it's not too far outside of you know the realm of possibility for brook to have just found a scythe on the ground you know what i mean like it's it, it, it could, could be even be something else it doesn't even have to be a scythe like if he's hallucinating this oh sure he could brooke could be holding who knows you know anything a yeah. fucking i don't know he's yeah. just like i found this cool scythe on the ground <laughs> <laughs> like it, it would be that easy for he could just have his that. cane over his shoulder with the loop back here and he's envisioning it envisioning it as, as a, a yeah like this is just because zoro is the only one that we see noticing this so yeah. that is also mm -hmm. a thing yeah, yeah. oh man <laughs> but, yeah. i mean frankie on his way to hold zoro down it looks like and, yeah frankie uh, always gets that one little fucking panel to like show that he's thinking about the crew and like trying to be like on dad mode which is cool mm -hmm. or like big brother mode at least and, yeah uh, something big brother mode yeah. Something that hyped me up a lot is Ezel squaring up with fucking CP0. Yes, we have yeah. just enough, like, build-up in Ezo's character for, like, this to make sense as far as, like, hey, this is chaotic, we're in the middle of a, of a war, you weren't thinking about me before this, I wasn't really thinking about you before this, we just randomly came in contact with each other, I'm not even trying to fuck with you even though I could, I'm really about this Straw Hat Luffy shit, so, like, let's just act like we didn't know each other, and there's just enough there where Rizo is just putting himself back on that marine ford battlefield and going like nah yeah nah i could walk away right i could walk away right now because i'm fucked up and i really don't want to fight some cp zero motherfuckers but like i can't let you get luffy you know what i mean remember right? that yeah. promise we made though yeah oh it's wait like, there's a promise it was like it'd be like ace would the white beard, the Whitebeard pirates when they were like uh the the last command Whitebeard issued oh okay like, what was it again remind me sure, i don't remember make sure that the straw hat boy gets away they were like help, help oh there luffy we go yeah, yeah, oh, there we go. Okay, nice. okay. So that fits like in with idea. it too. And then you also just have like the Mihawk stuff of like he can make anyone around him an ally and that allyship will just like exactly. ring through there in the rest of their character arc after it's established. Go ahead though, Mello. Oh, I was just thinking, it's like, hey man, like I, was like, I couldn't face the memory of Ace if I let you go after his brother. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, That's like, fire too. That that totally fits in as well. This this all feels just really good, no matter how yeah, you look at like, it. Yeah, because like Izo is like you know talking about like being a sibling for like the people of Wano and like having that, and so I feel like he would see a parallel in himself of like Ace having died for his brother, and then seeing the parallel of like Luffy in his own siblings. He's like, hey man, I need you to live. Yeah. And it especially because been... Izo has a younger sibling, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. that's just like doubly, doubly slaps. Yeah. yeah. Oof, man. I, I want to see some of this CP0, like, what do they have up their sleeve, period. Because it's for the while, they've just been on the sidelines talking yeah. mad shit. Yeah, and they were like the obstacle the last time they were prominent antagonists in the story, you know what I mean? Like, Anise mm -hmm. Lobby is like the turning point in the narrative of like stakes and like antagonistic matchups in one piece you know what i mean so like them being reintroduced at such a late stage in the game when we have this entirely new outlook on power in the story and what it means to be powerful 
and you have these CP agents that have just been being held in Oda's back pocket while still being there in the foreground subtly, you know, throughout this entire conflict. And it's like Oda's got to have huge strength attributed to these characters. But it's also cool because a couple chapters ago, one of those CP agents went up against fucking Drake, who had been fighting for who knows how long. You know what I mean? And then squared up with this full power CP0 agent, and it was still enough for them to be like, yo, that motherfucker was strong as hell. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, that's really cool to think about, too. Fuck yeah. yeah. So, um, I just want to say, I misremembered, I kind of did a little bit of Googling, and it was actually Marco who said, after Ace died, um, Akainu tried to go after Luffy as well. Or, he, you know, he did impale Luffy as well, but he tried to go, you know, finish the job. Mm-hmm. And Marco blocked him, said, I won't let you take his life. Da-da, take Ace's brother and go, Jinbei. His life is Ace's living. We'll, we'll protect him in Ace's place. If we let him die, it'll be a disgrace to the white beard pirates. There you so, go. Nice. You know, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that is probably factoring into Izo's resolve to, Absolutely. Uh, to protect the Straw Hats and Luffy as well. Here. Yeah, even so. if it wasn't Whitebeard that said it, like, after Whitebeard dies and his first right-hand man commander says, like, yo, this is what we have to do as the Whitebeard pirates. Like, it hits just yeah. as hard and it resonates. This just is as, as, Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, I like Yamato's um, ice breath to, yep. like, buy time, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that was like, cool. Yeah, um, that was definitely cool. But Kazenbo... Because I was sitting here, I was like, dude, Kazenbo is moving too quickly. And, like, if they, if Oda is building this to, like, a last-minute confrontation between, you know, uh, Yamato and Kazenbo as Kazenbo reaches the, the, the ammunitions area, it's, like, it's not going to be all that believable that they're literally fighting at this climactic point right above all of the wicks, and this fire monster doesn't accidentally let one off. Like, I understand the dramatic tension and build-up to, like, stopping it at the very last minute, but it's, like, this is fire and explosives like very small margin of error here very chaotic situation like you can't have them duke it out in the actual room that these munitions you know are sitting in but you also can't cut off kazenbo too far away from the room either otherwise mm -hmm. why would you build up this threat to this point so yamato freezing them to prevent the accidental you know ignition of a wick is just like beautiful in this moment yeah. to me also, that was, that was like, definitely super smart on uh, Yamato's yeah. part. Yeah, for sure. I like how, I mean, we all know that Wano is basically just super Japan, but like yeah. Namuji Glacier is actually like a snow patch part of the mountains in Japan. So oh, like, wow. Yeah, like Namuji is like part of like the Butch Hart Mountains, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. According to the wiki. Uh, I'm just doing like a cursory search. Yeah. Uh, if I'm wrong, correct me in the comments. I sure. don't mind being wrong. Um <laughs> And then, like, the Mahoroba thing, like, that's also a place. And I read that as Maharaga at first, and I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> like, all names and stuff. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what, what they meant by hands when they're the thing, fighting. He like, he, like, grew hands it almost looked like it was yeah because it's just like a to... it's just like a big blob of fire energy until yes. yamato yeah. goes to square up with it and then you see like a tendril come out that like mimics an arm as it says lord orochi and it's like uh... it's it's uh it's Kanjiro. yeah it's his it's will like... incarnate like yeah, yeah his will and hatred and 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 loyalty you know and resolve incarnate as, okay. as fire pretty much 
Mm-hmm. Cool. I was I was kind of confused with the hands moment. I was like, hmm, what is that from? Um, but now I'm looking at the angle and I'm like, okay, I can see I can see the hand now. Yep, yeah. Um, and then we get to this. Big mom, uh, big mom versus long kid, and she's just like she's just like stomping them out. Like we, we go into the scene and they're already on the ground, spent, and she's just constantly clobbering them. And they're like, "Yo, chill, you're going to kill them." And I like thought that that was like a weird like who is saying that to her? Because it's like, why would anybody like, on her team be saying try not to kill them when it's like big mom doesn't give a fuck about none of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the peanut gallery of the their crews and shit. Yeah. Okay, but that's not like big mom team people. That's like just no, random yeah. people on the ground saying like, "Stop it! You'll kill them." Okay. No, yeah, because you okay. hear like, "Captain!" Like you can hear you can hear yeah. Beppo saying our that. Captains can't move anymore. That's what, oh. they, that's what they call law. Oh, and our then, captains can't. Oh, okay, I'm so yeah. stupid. I was it's, like, it's "Who their is their crews?" Like yeah. begging for their captain's life. They're okay. just like, "Please, yeah. please, just." Stop. I feel and then, very and then dumb she right says, now. "Yeah, like listening to your listen to your men pitying you. You must make you feel like pathetic. You smell like bitch in here. What's <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, big mom shit always gets me super hyped. You are y'all already know. I've said on the show before, like big mom is probably my favorite Yonko. She is the absolute. She definitely is queen of terror. She is yeah. a fucking beast, a monster. Yeah." Uh, but uh oh i love her representation of a threat in one piece i know that that's oh, yeah. like you know a really like polarizing you know topic inside of the one piece community but i think that she's always just served the exact purpose that she's always meant to and people have yeah. their head cannons of like how they want her to behave and act inside of this setting mm-hmm. and whatnot based on you know whatever they've built up in their mind for her but like at the end of the day like i don't feel as worried about any confrontation more than I'm worried about whoever is fighting Big Mom. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like, I feel all of the stakes from her in regards to, like, character well-being. You know what I mean? Like, she does not give mm-hmm. a single fuck at any time. You know yeah. what I mean? And you can really feel that from her, and that's what she's supposed to do. It's just a dominating presence on the battlefield and in conversation, and that's always what she's been. Yeah, definitely. Man. Yeah. What? How does he make his sword extend? Yeah, it's a big question. Uh, I thought about that too. And I know that this is like, you know, awakened devil fruit, you know, mechanics that are that are at play here. You know what I mean? And if he is applying a coat of a specific effect to the sword and his ability is in relation to matter manipulation inside of a controlled space, mm. then like, you know, size changes in your weapon isn't that crazy, especially when you consider okay. the awakening aspect. That's kind of how I justified it. Cool. Um, but, I appreciate that because yeah. you guys know that like One Piece isn't like the series that I'm like think really about the most on. Yeah, 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 and I'm just like because I, I read it, but it's been so long since I've right. like read all of it or right. like chunks of it. I'm just like yeah, Meh. yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah. that's just like my interpretation anyway, which like isn't yeah, set in stone. Nah, like I, I feel like I it's essentially it. an educated guess, but it's still just like a completely new effect that we see from Law in this chapter that we don't yeah, have a raw sad. explanation for. So. It's very sound. It it stays within like the fictional logic. I get it. Yeah. Um, the part that I quite liked was when she like animated all those steel girders and like building materials, and then Kid is like, "You're still made out of metal, you little motherfuckers." Turns them into the giant corn di- cornadio uh, bowl and 
hits her with the one thing that can affect her, spirit magic. Because those things are still possessed. Oh, he sure. I wonder if it works like that, though, because it's like, yeah, you can draw that line as far as, like, these things are a part of Big Mom and have her spirit energy inside them. Now they're a part of my bold mech, and I'm hitting you with it. But it still just feels like raw physical damage to me, which is why mm -hmm. I was, like, really confused when I got to this part in the chapter. I was like, really? He's just hitting her with, like, brute force again? This is, like, historically not worked yeah. ever against Big Mom. So it's yeah, like, I thought there would be a little bit was. more from Kid. But if that is a thing, yeah if that is the thing mellow if what you're talking about right now is you know a thing and he is doing soul damage to her directly because you know the metal has her essence imbued in it then that would be really cool if we ever got that explanation from oda i think i hope so Facts. yeah but i kind of just saw this as like man law is flexing over here mechanically with how his devil fruit and its awakening is able to get through the durability and, and the resilience of big bomb Mm. and then kid is just stuck in this like brute force attack kind of pattern and it makes me feel like the real kid shit is about to start as soon as law is spent you know what i'm saying like i feel like we're supposed to be focusing on how cool and 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 intuitive and cerebral of a fighter you know law is and how his abilities kind of play into you know the the shifts back and forth in power in this struggle but and then at the end of the day, I think that because we're expecting that from Law and don't really know exactly what to expect from Kid, I think that Oda is building up a little bit of a dramatic switch in tension in regard to Law's accomplishments in this fight being burnt out and then it being all reliant on Kid. And then that's when we see the real Kid flare in some kind of way that we're not expecting because he literally just keeps throwing brute force damage at this bitch. And it's like, why? That doesn't work. Like, we yeah. know that that doesn't work. The yeah. only time you guys make strides in this conflict is when Law is working internally with damage. You know what I mean? So, spirit, yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I wonder know, I if that is like, something that's being that, built like, up. Panel at the top right of sixteen. I'm sorry. Like, what'd you say? Oh, I was just thinking because, like, for me, it was like the top panel of sixteen, yeah. top right hand, where it's like, "Would you I beam stop yapping and obey my magnetism?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." He's hitting her with her own stuff, like a little bit of like uh, devil fruit jujitsu, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like that, like I'm saying, bro, like if that is is essentially how it's explained, I think that that would be really fucking cool. Because ever since we saw Brooke, you know, defend the Sunny as it was being pursued by Big Mom in her hungered state. And we saw that no one could do damage to Zeus and Prometheus until Brooke attacked, you know, with with soul solid and seemed to do like direct soul damage to Zeus. You know what I mean? And ever since then, it's like if that's an aspect of Brooke's kit, then like that has to be able to be explored in other areas of conflict and not just Brooke. So like as soon as you said, oh, he's using her own shit against him, I thought about the concept of a soul damage, like HP gauge that Big Mom might have as like a caveat to her insanely broken external kit. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like if that is an area that you can exploit in damage for her then that would be just what fucking kid needs right now if he's going to keep it up with this fucking brute force fighting style you know what i mean so i'm loving that notion personally yeah mm -hmm. one uh one more thing i just thought about for the grim reaver brook shit is that uh, i could just be his um 
soul form when he goes kind of out of his body. Mm-hmm. He might not want to do that in this particular instance, so that's probably less likely than at other points. Like, the castle's burning down. It's a lot of chaos. There's battles everywhere. You probably don't want to leave your body it. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, less likely, maybe unless he's got somebody guarding him, like they're like, oh, we need to find we need to find where Zoro's at. Or he just found a little cut to leave his body, you know, discombobulated in a corner. And anyone that walks past him would just be like, this motherfucker was burnt to a crisp. We got Kazenbo coming down. He's dead as hell. Like, that's like one of the advantages (laughs) of, you know, (laughs) Brooke's ability to do this is that the corpse he leaves behind just looks like a fucking corpse and people probably yeah. wouldn't pay too much attention uh, to that's it. that's funny. Yeah. I like that. Or like Nico is just like just like, oh yeah, I got him. Don't worry. Yeah, or or Robin's holding him down. Yeah, yeah Robin, type yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Put him in a little cupped hand backpack. Yeah. <laughs> Super excited for the next chapter. I hope it starts back with this perspective just so that we can get potentially some kind of like nuanced or relatively nuanced explanation of how kid is being you know, um, how kid is being useful right in this moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to find a better word than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially that, you know what I mean? Like I would love to come back to this perspective and get information on that, but just knowing Oda, it's like, this could literally just pick back up Effective. anywhere, anywhere yeah. on the battlefield. You know what I mean? But anywhere. I think, I think what I would want most is for us to come right back to kid because kid needs that shine. He's literally touted and built up as, you know, the supernova that is the closest to Luffy and is almost a white on, on a rival kind of, like, level, essentially, in the narrative as far as people that are on the road to One Piece in competition with each other. Kid seems to be, you know, being built up as that that Luffy equivalent, almost. You know what the I mean? The Shiki to the Roger. Type shit. Thing. You know, like, type shit. And it's like, Kid has just not shown enough to me to fit that bill. At least not now. And if his time isn't now to show that quality in him, then when is it going to be? So that's why I'm like trying to give him so much benefit of the doubt. And just like my head cannons are like law is going to do his really cool shit in the foreground. Then he's going to be spent. And then it's going to be the kid show. Like I'm saying all that stuff because I want more for kid and kid. I feel like is just not really performing to the level. And I know that he is against big mom, you know what I mean? And the matchups are important, you know what I mean? But at the same time, Luffy is one V wanting a Yonko of similar magnitude right above us right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. just like kind of like my stance on it. But at the end of the day, I know, I know that, I know that Oda's got some crazy shit in his bag. That at the at the peak of us under at least or not us, maybe just me underestimating him. I feel like that's when he drops the biggest bombs. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think that's about all I had for One Piece this week. Yeah, I'm good too. I'm satisfied. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it. So, uh, chapter of the week. I'm thinking. What? What? What do you thought? What do y'all think? Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh fuck. Uh, it's been a while since we've taken the conversation here at the end of an episode. Yeah, That's I'd probably good. say. I'd probably say Jujutsu Kaisen and Doctor Stone were tied for me. But like on two completely ends of the spectrum. Like Doctor yeah. Stone just had one of the best setup chapters I've seen in a really long time, and then Jujutsu Kaisen just had one of the best like exposition, you know, chapters yeah. that I've that I've seen come from it in a while. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're like neck and neck. I, gun to my head, I'd probably choose Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, yeah, I think. So. I mean, I'm a big sucker for Jujutsu Kaisen. Huge and world like, building. I love chewing it and digging into all of that stuff and like trying to figure out more about it. Yeah, it's... when JJK well, focuses on lore, it's just like always insane. Mm. But yeah, love lore. 
Yep. Well, good shit, gentlemen. That'll do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video if you enjoyed it. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel for more Fire Ass Weekly content if you haven't already. Be sure to like, uh, leave a comment in that comment section down below. Let us know what you thought of this weekend jump or if you thought we missed any uh, points in the chapters in the discussion, you know, chop it up with us down there. Also, as we said before, check out that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the podcast such as our Patreon or our online store. And with all those words said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Melo Yenis. Sarabada. <laughs> <laughs>